everybody, and welcome to another MCU movie episode of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Elberton, and who had a god in their brain today? Who's with me tonight? Uh, Michael K. Hughes, and maybe you guys should stop saying Sebas. And uh, I'll, I'll get my pants built up. <laughs> <laughs> Was good. Oh God! So, I nothing else after that. That was, was really. Eight, I had nothing. I just froze. This is the eighth, our eighth MCU episode that we're doing. We have, you know, and we are going to be covering the beloved, famous, most popular Thor: The Dark World. Question mark? All right. Yeah. Sarcasm italics. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to build it up so I could. T- uh, I. I, I saw this movie back in when it came out and and this came out in 2013 and I I remember really liking it in theaters but then after Iron Man three for me in 2013 you could only go up there was no going down <laughs> so yeah. I was very excited and uh, coming to this movie I we'll we'll kind, of, we'll kind of get into how I felt this time but this is also as Bill was saying before we start recording it's a different director than the guy that we that you had in the first Thor movie. Yeah, it's a, a guy by the name of uh, Alan Taylor um, who's done some marvelous films like Terminator Genesis from <laughs> Um he did a movie called Palookaville in 95 that I don't even I don't even know what that is. An indie flick called Kill the Poor Kill the Poor. He's he's he's, he's uh, his film his film career is not very varied. However, he did direct episodes for every single incredible HBO television series that ever existed. We're talking Game of Thrones, Sopranos, The Wire, Oz. He is an extremely decorated TV director. Um, He actually won an Emmy for the episode of The Sopranos where Tony uh, kills Christopher in season six. I adore The Sopranos. So that makes me very happy. But yeah, the guy is a decorated TV director. Not so much in the world of film. So I don't know how much that information that gives us about who this guy is and what he does. Definitely for me feels like he's not fit for this kind of film. And it's almost like, why did Marvel pick him up yeah, to do he this? He literally only did five movies altogether in his career. He's six one coming. So, and I think Thor Dark World was number three. So that's really weird to pick a guy like that. Yeah. And that sixth one um, is basically the Sopranos prequel movie, which I'm actually semi excited oh, about. Fourth movie. Fourth movie. I was wrong. The last yeah. movie he ever oh. did was Terminator Genesis. Right. Right. That was 2015. So yeah, he's not. He's not a film guy, and um, I think it might translate a little bit into into this. I don't know if it does. It was just he's, he's not. It doesn't have that kind of experience. And directing TV, even though it's he did a lot of HBO series like Sex in the City, all that sort of thing. It's very different directing TV than it is in directing film. Um, just in terms of how you're lighting things, not like it was back in the sitcom days you know, where everything was just giant, big, bright, top down lighting. Everything looks like a soundstage. Obviously, HBO dramas are, you know, HBO dramas are little mini movies. Uh, but just the energy of a film, I think, is different and the focus is different. So I'm surprised they, you, know, you think they would have went with maybe at this time they didn't feel like at big enough to really go or want to spend the money to go after big directors. So I want to say like most movies after this. They do get pretty big directors for a lot of later movies. Well, it's interesting. Marvel and comics in general have always gone the they've always seemed to let the the newer guy get a chance. You know, they've d- directed a couple movies that were indie darlings or did reasonably well. You know, Fantastic Four. Right. Um, with <laughs> what's his face who directed that? You know, he did. That go. <laughs> not great. Not great at all. But none of the directors in like the Marvel movies are really extremely well known. Not to look through it. I don't remember. 
But oh, so Josh yeah. Whedon was Avengers oh. and Age of Ultron. I don't know if the Russo brothers were really famous before Winter Soldier. What did the Russo I can't do? I can't remember, and I don't have it pulled up at the moment. But I mean, because like those are some of the big directors that you had, and I want to say the guy who did Black Panther, who I, his name is escaping me at the moment. He was a big director. I mean, he's definitely a big director now. I can't remember if he was back then or not. Hmm, I don't know. I don't remember. I could. I do have the entire world of information and in literally at my fingertips right now. I could. <laughs> OK, well, out. for the Russo brothers, their third movie was Captain America, the Winter Soldier. So, no, they didn't do a lot before that. Oh, yeah. Director of uh, Black Panther was Ryan Coogler. That guy. Yeah. Hmm. What? No one knows who he is. <laughs> I'm saying they don't pick like big name directors. I don't know why. And it's interesting. Maybe it's. Be well, I also wonder if it's because Marvel movies are such huge um just time sinks, right? Well, does a major director really have that kind of time to dedicate to the oversight that a Marvel movie is going to require? Plus, all the, yeah. Plus, they, he, they, I mean, well, with Tony Stark, they spent so much million dollars on Tony Stark, they got to cut right. the budget somewhere with these movies. Oh, Ryan Coogler did Creed and, and the new Rocky stuff. Okay, so there you go. He's done some stuff. Is uh, that it? Yeah, he did, uh, co-wrote and directed the uh, Creed, and then he did Black Panther. And then okay. before that, he did a movie called Fruitville Station, which is um, supposedly very good. Oh, so he was pretty new at the time, too. Okay. Yeah, yeah they're so all yeah, new. They, they're all they they do one or two movies and then Marvel snatches them up. I, I don't know. Why. Yeah, I guess to give him a shot, maybe a different voice. I don't know. But it's very interesting how they select their directors. I, I know with the original Thor, when they picked Chris, Chris Hemsworth, which we forgot to mention in the first Thor episode, Chris Hemsworth and Tom Hiddleston, I want to say, were, were new actors at the time that they were kind of taking a gamble on. Yeah, Chris Hemsworth really didn't do much. Oh, and by the way, how's his face this time around? Look at that. Good. Good. And the eyebrow—I mean, it's just—it's the eyebrows in that first movie. Everything else since then, they got it down pat. He looks fine, but in the his hair's a little scraggly, but it fits the movie. But yeah, his face is fine. There's not there's not good makeup. We're all okay. good. Okay. All right. Good. Right. I remember seeing one of those posts that like, oh, this post didn't age well. And it was saying something where Marvel took a chance for the first Thor hiring Tom Hiddleston and Chris Hemsworth. Because at that time, Chris Hemsworth had only been in three movies before that. Star Trek and one little cameo. A Perfect, get a perfect Getaway and Cash. Whatever the hell those are. So, okay. it wasn't known. No, none of these guys really are. and uh, Guys and gals. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah, but I guess back to Thor, right? Because yeah, he should. directed a movie that, that exists in this world. And it's a thing. It's just there. Hello, right. movie. The other thing, like this is the first movie in the MCU sequel wise where they 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 ditch the numbers. They just go. And I and I love the fact that every movie is just like Thor, the Dark World or, you know, Avengers Age of Ultron. Every sequel just has a subtitle. And I, I love that better than just a two or a three where you can feel like you can just watch the movie without like, well, I didn't see the first Jurassic Park. So I can't watch Jurassic Park two. that same idea. Yeah, that is a neat concept. Yeah, I never thought of it that way. Um. Yeah, having that kind of like continuity without it being properly numbered is, uh, is a smart move. I mean, it's weird how, they, weird how they did it for the Iron Man movies and then dropped it for well, everything else. Yeah, I think Iron Man was just because it was so early and that was still a thing in the early 2000s. But where you get in 20, by the time this comes out in 2013, I feel like a lot of sequels do that now. Like Jurassic, like Jurassic World, Jurassic World, not Jurassic World 2, is Jurassic World, some other bullshit subtitle. Like that's become the thing. <laughs> That movie sucks, so I don't have... I'm not I right. think that was actually the subtitles of other bullshit. <laughs> oh, that, that first half of that movie is great, and you just cut off the movie and you're done. That's it. You don't You don't need to watch him go to the mansion. You don't need any of that. I hated yeah. Jurassic World, so I didn't even bother to see oh. the sequel. That's okay. First one, if you hate the first one, you're going to hate the sequel, because the first one's better. 
Gotcha. Oh, jeez. So it just, I feel like it might have been a thing in, 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 in 20, in that time. I like it. I'm much happier with it. Well, hey, my favorite trilogy of, of all comics, the Blade trilogy, <laughs> as we will hopefully one day discuss. We'll get there. It was Blade 1, Blade 2, and then Blade Trinity, which is it's not a great movie, but the other two more to make up for it in all its camp and glory. You wait until we get there. I really like Blade Trinity from what I remember, but we'll see. How I'll watch goes. it again. I'm listen. I'm down for Wesley Snipes. I'm always down. <laughs> so like with Thor, the dark world, <laughs> we should get there. It, it like one, it kind of starts off with another monologue, like in the first Thor movie where you have Anthony Hopkins character, Odin doing a monologue about how the dark elves are wiped out by his father and they were trying to destroy the universe or something crappy like that. And I like it how, because you don't really have need to see the first movie to really watch this movie. You don't even need to see Avengers to really enjoy this movie. Like, they'll give you the key points you need. That That's another thing I think is so cool, that you're kind of dropped into this universe, and they kind of explain the universe. They explain, you know, that the, the different realms. It's a little confusing, but the information is there to get you in without having to feel like you have no idea what's happening. I am not a fan of the elves. <laughs> uh, they're silly looking. Um, their masks are freaky. Silly. Yeah. Well, the yeah. masks are pretty cool. I think the cursed design is very cool. Um, they're just yes. really, really neat. It's a good setup. You know, again, this is kind of like the uh, the backstory that you need to kind of get the get the ball rolling, you know, and uh, nine worlds in alignment. Talk about the convergence. Of course, the elves lose. I, I, he sacrifices all his elf bros just to, to 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 leave. I don't I didn't get that bit. But yeah. again, I could. Yeah. <laughs> kills all his species of people so that way it's a distraction to wipe out their army so he can fly away yeah it's a good open it's uh, you got some fancy fighting and you got uh all sorts of words and and stuff i don't understand that's gonna you know create some mystery for me and i thought it was neat it was yeah, a it, it was a nice opening it doesn't try to explain itself very well but it, i mean it works i mean like i I mean, I already seen this movie, so I kind of I knew where they were going. But I'm like, okay, like I'm I'm on board. It's it's cool action. It's a cool scene. I had no problems with it. Yeah. Oh, and Malachis is from the comics, by the way. In case okay, is that. he? He is a he is a comic character, one of Thor's villains. I can't remember what year, but he's been around for a while. Really well known, but I knew who he was. What'd you think of the open mic? Uh, it's it's fine. Like you guys said, it serves the purpose of opening the movie. But yeah, I have it in my notes as the Dark Elves Nope masks because <laughs> yeah, just nope. They remind me of the yeah, no, no. creepy mannequins from Condemned. Ah, yeah. There you go. That's yeah. Good way to put it. Yeah, it is a good way to put it. They right. are like those masks are fucking creepy. And like the curse is the idea that they have like a little stone that they 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 grab the stone, squish it, and then they get all like infected with this power, which I, I felt like it was a at least the way I saw it until the end until later in this movie, that once you did it was like a death sentence, like yes, you get power, but you're only alive for so long before you're done. I don't know. They don't explain it too much. They just kind of explain it as they're fighting. And then it's I think before they die, they have to do it because that's how the the, the big cursed uh, badge becomes the way he is. I think if they're about to die on battle, they can crush the stone and it gives them kind of like phase two. It brings them back to life. So basically an undead. I kept writing undead, which is basically what it is. Because I, I didn't think about that. But you're right. They only like when you see the opening scene, they only do it when they're getting massacred. Or injured, maybe, maybe or not. I can't remember. And then we'll we'll see that when uh, Malekith's right hand man, he they want him to become a curse, so he stabs him. So Malekith stabs his his buddy, and then as about to die, he, he does that crush. Well, actually, does it? Man, we'll get there. I thought he did actually, it to hide it. it. We'll get there. But oh, you're that, right. You're right to it. hide it. That's correct. You're right. It was to hide it. 
yeah, they searched the body, but they didn't actually, you know, search yeah, yeah, the yeah. wounds. Well, we'll get there, but yeah. So, I mean, after you have, like, this monologue, and it kind of shows, and you get the title card pretty early. So yes. I, I try to, because I've, I've noticed that in the Marvel movies, sometimes they don't do the title card until way later, for some reason. Yeah, but, no, we get our title. And, I mean, it was, you know, I, I was on board. Like, I, I was enjoying the intro to this movie, and even, like, when you, and then when you first, when you go to present day, the first time you see Loki, you see Loki in change, which makes sense. It's direct you know, continuation of what happened in Avengers, but at the same time, it's not like you don't you don't have to see Avengers to know what happened. Like they give you the context really quick to find out, yeah, he killed a lot of people. He did terrible things. Like he deserves this. Like they, they, they do a very good job of that real quick. Yeah. And they also the neat thing about this too is that we're again we're post Avengers and we're post the the world being taken over by Marvel movies. <laughs> so everybody at this point knows who Loki is. Even if you've never seen a movie, you've seen a cardboard cutout at Target, you've seen <laughs> your son's friends wear a shirt. You know, they've now all become part of the public consciousness. Loki probably the least, but he was a major part of Avengers. So, I mean, most people now understand it. The movie does not need to rehash what happened. We'll drop him right here. But you're right. If you come come in completely blind, you see this villainous looking dude in chains, and you go, hmm, there's a villain. Hi, bad guy. But um, feel, yeah, feel sorry for the people that came into the MCU of Thor Dark World. <laughs> <laughs> what a weird jumping off point. I mean, I'm sure it was somebody's first movie yeah. for the MCU. Well, yeah, everyone has a first. I hope Endgame wasn't first. I hope you caught up a little bit before <laughs> seeing the one entitled Endgame. Endgame but... is one of the only movies you cannot like you cannot watch yeah. that movie and just, it, just no. watch it. Or Infinity. Well, Infinity War kind of but not Endgame at all. Amen. But I, I like seeing Loki and James. Like, I like that whole thing with his mother leaves and, you know, he's like, oh, we're, you know, we were going to kill you, but she didn't want to kill you. So you're going you're you're going to pri- we're going to imprison you for life. Like, I, I liked all that. I thought all that was very, very well done. And then what you guys think of the whole Vanaheim thing where after that it teleports, it shows you and it shows them all fighting on like some fantasy world type of thing. Uh, I'll let you take that one. Uh, like, <laughs> all right. You. So. I'm going to be upfront about this movie. Like it's ultimately forgettable. Like rewatching it. It's like, I don't remember any of this. And having finished the movie last night, like, Oh, I didn't retain much information at all. I don't remember <laughs> most of this movie except for the major plot points. So like I have Vanaheim in my notes too. Cause I kept, it kept sounding like they're saying Anaheim, but I don't remember <laughs> any bit of that scene. Oh yeah. He fights. Uh, he ends up fighting like the golem thing at the end. Then. Yes, which is a reference to the first comic. Yeah. Oh, is it? Is that what I I figured it had to be because it made no sense and it was dumb. Yeah, it, it was dumb. It was just boring. Journey to Mystery 83, the first monster that he's ever fight are the rock monsters that you see standing there. Also, I want to say that species is the same as you see in Thor Ragnarok with the yeah, cord. I think yeah. yeah, that's what I had in my notes. Like, is this cork species? I love I that so. part. That whole like I remember in theaters, I really thought that part was cool. Now it's a little off, but you get to see the God, what the hell did we call them back back in Thor? Like the the friendly Phil. You had a name for them. Oh, his good bros. Yeah, good bros. Yeah. <laughs> his team of good bros and one gal. I stopped. I kept. I started writing Team Thor. I I, I realized that was just too, good bros and one gal was just too uh, too much to to handle. So they're Not Team wrong. Thor now. So the good bros show up, and <laughs> I like seeing them fight with a. You know, Thor and I know, like seeing them fight, and like one thing interesting to me is like you see other species, you see not just random characters who are living in this world in a different realm. Like I thought all that was very cool and kind of drew me into this movie. And, like when and when like Thor shows up and you have like the you know he he kills the leader in like one shot, just breaks him. Yeah, I, I like it's, that. This is a good reestablishment of of his friends 
you know, and what they can do and their powers. This is all this is. It's as far as a scene, a, an action scene goes, it's fine. It's it's a well executed. I'm never a big fan of just being dropped in some place I don't understand or have context to. So all of a sudden just just dropped into a battle. You're like, oh, fighting time now. Oh, OK. And then you watch some fighting time. But you don't have really any can. I didn't I didn't have any connection to it because I'm like. Where are they? What are they fighting for? And then I kind of just realized, oh, they're just defending one of the realms. Cool. Yeah, so let yeah. me watch. Let me watch Rapier Man. You know, <laughs> let me watch D'Artagnan over here. <laughs> Which is a different actor Parry now. Away, yep. Parry, is it? Yeah, it's not the same guy from Thor 1. It's, yeah, uh, I didn't even notice. Like, I actually pause and I'm like, yep, that is, that's Zachary Levi with the weird eyebrows and a mustache yeah. and a goatee. Because the original actor was on, like, uh, what's that show? Fairy Tale Show, ABC. Once Upon a Time? Yes, he's on. He's the prince in Once Upon a Time. Oh, so yeah. he couldn't come back for Thor Dark World, so they get, they get Shazam instead. Wow, okay. I, I see, wow, I didn't even catch it. It was... Fine, good. He did a fine job as being a, a dashing man of daring do. Yeah, he's also um, in Thor Ragnarok, and then that's the end of it. And who's the the lady warrior in this? I always forget her name. Her Sif. name is Sif, but the actor's Sif. name is Jamie Alexander. Okay, Jamie Alexander. Okay, well, Sif is awesome, and uh, yeah, everyone gets their time. Everyone gets their time. Everyone gets a little bit of time to show off what they can do. Man, it's it's a pretty successful uh, little intro scene. I just. I just found it to be pretty bland. Everything in this movie is on a very steady kind of ho-hum trajectory. It's not boring. It's just, uh, there it is. That the scene's movie. over. It's a big flat line for me um, with with a couple of very cool spikes. Obviously, but um, parts you really didn't like. I can't oh. wait to talk about certain. Which is fine. It just kind of goes back and forth. Like this movie, one thing I kept thinking as I was watching this is like, everybody's like Thor and Jane are always mopey. Like, Thor just wins the battle and they're having like a little training thing. And his father's like, oh, you're going to be king soon. And he's just like, yeah. I miss Jane. <laughs> I miss Jane. <laughs> yeah. Who cares about that beautiful woman over there? I miss Jane. Like, I'm like, yeah, okay. I understand. They gotta, but they got to talk about the huge payoff of that romance they set up in the first movie. They, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. No that, uh, that beautifully crafted romance that everyone yeah. just uh, is shipping at, at this point. No. Hot guy. Yes. Hot man. And girl Hot who just broke man. up. That's all it was. <laughs> Hot Nordic man on the rebound. Better love story than Twilight. <laughs> I I've never seen them, and I I feel like I don't need to. I can shuffle off this mortal coil without ever oh. doing so. So oh. hmm. Challenge oh, no. Don't say that. Don't make that <laughs> no. noise. It means we're gonna do it one day. No, probably not. <laughs> They're good movies. We're gonna lose Three half our party. fan base. We'll see. Oh, uh, I and, and then like when you first like so after you have Mopey Thor, the first time you see Jane, I like I love Natalie Portman. I got to say that first. I mean, oh, this movie, yeah, but I, I I love Natalie Portman in most things. And like one thing I, I did notice, like she is like really really thin in this movie, like super thin, like too thin. Like it, it I, I noticed that when I was watching this. I, I and I was trying to see because she did Black Swan not that long before this. That was 2010. So I was wondering if maybe like because of Black Swan, she'd lost a lot of weight and still had kept was still in that like kind of oh. I don't know the word I'm looking for in that yeah. shape yeah. for when she did this movie. It's possible. Yeah, possible. I didn't catch it. Right. Yeah, she's my wife caught it. Yeah, she that's interesting. Really thin. Yeah, it's it. The one thing I did like about going back to Asgard was it was pretty interesting. He him, him unable to celebrate. Yeah, he, just, he can't. That's the scene, right? Because they're all hanging out. Yeah. His team Thor. They're all. <laughs> you know, drinking and eating, celebrating, and D'Artagnan's got two women on his arm. Like, hey, look at me. I'm ravishing. And it's it's interesting. He just can't get into it because he's constantly thinking of Jane. 
I really thought it was interesting. Odin was basically like, just forget about her. What's, what's, what's the matter with you? You have Jamie Alexander sitting right there giving you giving you the eyeballs. Would you stop? <laughs> this mortal is going to live maybe a, a best case scenario, 100 years. And, you know, but it's it, again, it's part of this saggy. It's all saggy. And it's hard because you can't really or I can't really connect to his emotions and his desire to be back with Jane if that wasn't set up initially. And if you're new to this, you're going, who the hell is Jane? What are you <laughs> complaining about? Who's this Jane character? Because you haven't seen her yet. We haven't gone to London when she's on the bad date with the that guy was... from whatever that show is. Oh, he's from a show. Oh, he was somebody famous then or something? Yeah, he's a he's a relatively... Yeah, he looked kind of familiar. I didn't recognize him at all. I, but I, That part was kind of funny like just where she's sitting there reading the menu and he's like you've been staring at the menu for seven minutes there's only three <laughs> items like yeah. that was kind of funny and i and i do love when darcy shows up he's like can you get us a bottle of wine she's like i would love that and she sits down and he's like that's darcy like, i put her, her that, outfit made him think that she was the waitress with her like heavy overcoat on it's like clearly this woman is here to take our order i yeah that that did not I'm a big fan of Darcy in this movie. But I'm a big fan of Darcy in general for the two <laughs> movies. But Bill, Bill was the big dejector on Darcy the last movie. What are, what are your feelings this time around? Yeah, she hasn't improved. She has, <laughs> she has less. I feel like she had less lines in this one than she did in the first. She movie. did. No, but she was she was ever present. I I I don't like saying this kind of stuff, but it's I'm just not a fan of the character. I understand why she's there. She's kind of like the not even quirky. Like, what's her character? She's annoying. Like, she's just there to annoy everybody and get in the way and not do anything useful. Like, You're not I wrong. Think she doesn't do anything useful. She has no utility. She is like, I don't know. She She's like an Allen wrench that you don't need in your toolbox. And you got it from Ikea. And you're like, well, I'll never need this dumb thing again. Well, here it is. I can't get rid of Allen wrenches. I have 50 of them. She <laughs> is the 50th Allen wrench. She's just there for comic relief kind of thing. Yeah. But I wonder if she's meant to be like the audience surrogate because Jane explains stuff to her a lot. Like, hey, these things do this science crap. Like, okay, now the audience knows. Kind of like the, the, re the replacement. That makes sense. That's yeah. fair. That's a good way to put it. That's, that's probably why she's there because that's all she really does. And she she made me laugh, though. So, I mean, that that's something. Yeah, she has I, a few good lines. She has a couple good lines. I'm not gonna not gonna completely say she was pointless. I just I know I just found her very annoying, and I, I wasn't just wasn't feeling the way that character was portrayed or how it was directed. Again, she she barges in on this date, and uh, you know she's on a date with Chris O'Dowd, and you know there it's very awkward, and she can't help. You know she's obviously very distracted. She's, you can assume it's Natalie Portman's first date. I'll just say Jane. It's Jane's first date. Since, you know, Thor went away, although it's been two years, I think, at this point. Yeah, you think after two years you would have, I mean, I know some people don't, but it's like, I mean, the guy you had, you didn't even like, not like you know him for years. He came down, you knew him for, what, a week that first movie happened, if even that, and then he's gone. Yeah. You think you would be able to like, oh, it was a, it was a hot fling we had. Okay, not all the love of my life left me after a week. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, not many, not, not many people are pining for the person they met for literally what two days. I and probably only was two days, wasn't it? Yeah, and as you're saying, that whole like that whole Thor section was like within a week combined with that, other movies, and that was a long time ago. But yes, I I, <laughs> I probably have. I just can't remember. But yeah, I mean, I mean, Hulk, like, Iron Man gonna, two, oh. and Thor, and the opening of Captain America, or when they find Captain America, that's all in that one week. Sorry. Yeah, so it's yeah. it's it's not like she's known him since high school. 
it's she's the, the he's the Nordic man who, you know, that she was really into. And, she, you know, you can fall in love easy like that. But two years. I don't know. Also, it's not like, earned. It's yeah, there. It is. It's not earned. And she's an intelligent <laughs> character. Thor. It's not. Earned. She's, she's smart. Well, that doesn't matter. She's not. I feel like she's not going to be somebody. She's not a young, you know, teenager who's who's going to think, oh, at the end of the world, like, no, you're just going to, you know, That's accept true. what happened and moved on. Like that. That kind. Like it, I didn't think about it much, but now that we're analyzing, I'm like. Eh, Okay, that's a little stupid. Yeah, no, I, I, that's that's fair too. You know, she's she's yeah, she's not in high school. That's that's fair. Mike, what did what did you think of Darcy? I don't know if I ever got your take. That's where that came from. Darcy's fine. (laughs) But uh, on this on this uh, Jane subject, like I kind of see where she's coming from because like every guy that she does date, she's going to compare to Thor because he's like a literal god. That I mean, even if they just hooked up the one time or whatever, she's still going to compare every future relationship to this to this guy that no one else can possibly live up to. So, like, eh, I give her a pass. Two years is a long time, but I don't know. He must have left some kind of impression on her. I'm sure. I mean, <laughs> yes, if you if you have a little hanky-panky with uh, the god of thunder, I, I suspect that would leave a scar or two. Right. I don't know. Yeah, I, I that's fine. Again, it, it's just emotionally from a filmmaking standpoint, it's not an earned relationship, so yeah, I, exactly. I, can't, I can't be with Thor on this and be like, dude... Uh, dude, he, he got a lot of other things going on here, man. Yeah, it's a little weird. And and just like everything, like, you know, where you have them driving in a car and you have, oh, he's my intern. He's my intern's intern. Like, OK, it was kind of like he plays a part in that movie. I don't even remember his name. The intern guy. He, what the hell was his oh, name? Ian. 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 He just, I mean, I told you how much of an impact he, he played on me. I don't even, I couldn't even remember his name. And I was trying. Like, he, yeah, just, he does nothing. Well, he, 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 he does literally nothing except for save the life of the most annoying person in the movie. <laughs> so, he moves the plot. Is what he does. Not even. No, he's. he's yeah, not really. He's, he's the comedy relief for Darcy to yell at because because when you have his. Yeah. So she so he's there. OK, we're really stuck on this, but that's fine. We, we, that's <laughs> OK, fine. we can. We are, she is that he is there. Ian, we haven't been introduced yet, but we'll get there. He is there for Darcy to annoy and subjugate when Jane isn't there. When, when Jane is off doing whatever else or, you know, for a while, because she's not physically there. You know, this is my intern. He's just comic relief, and it's he's like the straight man to to Darcy's you know jibes and jabs at him. <sighs> it's not good. It just didn't. But it's feel... not one of the things that ruin a movie. But it does. It doesn't ruin ruin a movie. But it doesn't add anything either. This is not additive material. No, I mean, and like even like even like we were kind of talking about even when Darcy comes in, she shows the reason why she comes in. She's showing Jane that they found these reasons they haven't seen since the first Thor movie which was two years ago, I think, at this point, they say. Yeah, two years, we said already. What am I? And, like, that was, that was you know, at least it gave a point. But, like, the whole, to get, to get where I'm going with this, like, when they go to the warehouse, that whole scene, like, I enjoy the scene where they ripped off Portal. I forgot yeah. about it, but I enjoyed it. I, I was well, you're in the midst of playing it now. <laughs> yeah, that too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> check out episode 73 if you haven't listened to it yet. So... But that whole everything with that was just fun. Like where you find you find this warehouse where physics aren't right, and there's you know containers like train. Uh, God, containers from a from a cargo ship that are upright, and a truck upturned, and they find kids that have found the found this and are playing with gravity. Like that all made sense that there'd be a bunch of kids running around who found this, using it to just do whatever. Like they're dropping a can into a hole into a into a into a hole and then it appears and it goes into a portal and then it pops out somewhere else. Like all that, I was on board with it. I didn't question. I'm like, okay, I, I, I get it for some reason. I just was on board. Yeah. So. This is the, yeah. This is the first time the movie gets actually interesting as opposed to either <laughs> just a fight, you know, which is fun on a, you know, visceral 
level. But this is actually interesting. It's very good. Um, I think the way they lead into the gravity thing is very smart, like you said, with the containers upright. Yeah, like, like it, you gets could, you, it gets you wondering. So yeah. you, you're telling me you weren't interested when you got to see naked Eric Selvig running around Stonehenge? That didn't grab your attention immediately? Uh, we um, we will get <laughs> – I think I have one of these uh, one of these in episode. We'll get to Eric and um, the shameful way this movie treats him. Yes. I, I and, and treats mental illness in general. So I – so yeah. No, I, I really think this is very effective though. This is – you know, they – the, the containers, what's really great about the containers being upright is it's an object that you recognize. So for me, I didn't even notice until the shot was almost over. I was like, oh, they're upright. Oh, wow. At first, I didn't notice. I just see containers. But my brain assumes containers should be vertical or horizontal, rather. Well, also, they're so heavy right. that there's not a lot of things that could move them like that. I mean, Thor could, but there's not a lot of things that could do that in a normal, everyday world. Right. It's a normal everyday thing that has been askew that shouldn't – it's a normal everyday a normal everyday thing that is not as it should be. And that's interesting. Like, ooh, OK. Go in. They see the floating car. He turns the car. OK. And in my brain, I've seen this twice, I think, at this point. Oh, that's right. This is the gravity thing. And yeah, the portal is very fun. I thought he, I thought it was even a little cute when the guy uh, throws his keys when Ian throws his keys into it. <laughs> Why? I didn't he's know an idiot and he's Because he's an idiot and useless. I mean, <laughs> it's just like, what would in what world would you think I'm going to put my keys in there? Like, I, I didn't. I was just like, why would you drop the key? I mean, it's only there so she can go. You drop the keys. Why the key? Like, I'm like, it's not you won't you wouldn't do that. Like, I don't care who how dumb you are. You're not going to drop your keys into a portal. Yeah. For the purpose of the movie, though, it does come back around. Yes. But yeah, it does know, pay just, off. Yeah, things I, it, do pay it, off it, in this movie. Me. But yeah, you're right. It does. I mean, it did pay off. So I was, but still, I was just. I'm complaining, just complaining right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> and like the That's whole fair. thing where Jane ends up getting sucked into a portal to where the the ether, because in what well, we forgot to mention, but back in the monologue in the beginning of the movie, they mentioned how the ether was destroyed or they thought it was destroyed, but they actually was hidden somewhere, and apparently it was hidden somehow inside the earth or something or somewhere. I I didn't get that. Or maybe because the worlds were connecting in this place that it was connected, some, that it was somewhere else she was able to get to it. That makes sense. Yeah, the convergence maybe kind of lined up enough that this door opened up. Well, that's what I thought it was. It was basically, yeah, the convergence was starting, was close to happening. So here's this little portally thing that does this thing. And they don't explain it very much. A lot of this, you don't have to. You kind of just like kick it up in the air and go, all right, I, well, the portal now. I, just, I was okay with it not being explained. Yeah, it was fine. I, I, I it was fine. Too much. Although it's pretty funny that when, when they mentioned the Aether in the very, very beginning, if you've seen a movie in the last, I don't know, 100 years, if something's mentioned at the very beginning, it's probably going to be important later. We got rid of the magic stones. Garrett, guess what? Act two, magic stones right there. <laughs> Boom. There they are. Wait. <laughs> You that's know, how movies work. I, that's how I was thinking about it. If you wouldn't have infected Jane with the with the ether, you wouldn't have to have Jane at all in this movie. You could just skip her completely. Unnecessary. Her only yeah, point I, yeah. is to carry the ether around so she can be a part of the movie with Thor. And and look doe eyed at Thor. That's another piece of very <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot and, of that. And like, fits seamlessly into Asgardian society without so much of a thought. Like, oh great, I'm glad you got me some custom fitted robes. It's I awesome. did have a one thing that was kind of random, like when she wakes up the ether, for some reason, the elves, wherever the hell they are, another dimension, they wake up too when she touches the ether. Like to me, that was a little, I guess because like every, it, it does feel like everything in their ship is powered by the ether. So I guess maybe that had something to do with it. Like it was connected in a way. I, I guess I I didn't really get it at, during the movie itself. I no. kind of wondered like, yeah, why is this? 
Why are they waking up? The is he connected to the ether in any way? How come he has been looking for it this whole time? Did the <laughs> spaceship just assume it was it's gone? Like it was just buried. It was buried under a under, and it wasn't buried terribly far or terribly hard. You know what I mean? Like you could have yeah. gotten there because everyone in this movie just gets to the dark world. So yeah, I didn't quite get that either. Yeah, What'd you think? It, What'd you think, Mike? Yeah. It, it reminded me of the the pirate gold in the first pirates movie. That like as soon as it touches the ocean, the pirates just kind of know where to find it. Hmm. Eh, Sorry, I I, nothing to no, add. It just no, no, no. I, I was muted. I was commenting. I just, I just didn't speak. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Kind of like a yeah, like a homing beacon, something sort of thing. It was activated by seeing this host person and, yeah. and glob onto this host person, like a symbiote. It really gave me Carnage symbiote vibes when it like latches onto her. Oh yeah, which is yeah. cool. The particle effects are cool. The little rock thing it's living in is pretty neat. Yeah, all of this is pretty uh, pretty nifty. And I I do like why like they give a reason to why Thor does come down to Earth finally. The only thing that was weird to me like he could have came down all this time. I know he explains it, but like he didn't visit her once. Yet she's crazy in love with this guy who's just been. Lo- and like that whole thing where he's talking to Heimdall and Heimdall's like, I can't see her. And then all of a sudden, boom, he's there like all this time. And he's just like, isn't it a little creepy that here he's been watching her, making sure she's safe the moment she's gone. Oh, I better go check on her. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But, you know like I, I, I did like it when she first sees him and she runs over to him and she just slaps him. Like, oh, I didn't know if you were real. And she slaps him again. She's like, oh, that's for not seeing me. Like, I'm like, OK. Don't they I like kiss? That. I think they kiss like initially, like as soon as they see each other, oh, they yeah. have a kiss, and then she slaps him. Like, really? Okay. It's very out of character. It does. It it's extremely out of character for her. Like you've never seen her I don't know, lash out in any sort of like anger or anything. Not saying she doesn't have the capacity to, but it just seems very out of place. It seems very movie. It's a movie thing to do. Yeah. That's a scripty thing. Like you embracing a kiss and then you slap him once and slap him again. Yeah. Okay. It's that's very written. You know, you made that scene a lot dumber than I originally felt all of a sudden. <laughs> I'm not sure how I feel about that. <laughs> You're not wrong. Like, cause I mean, Jane is like we said before, he's supposed to be such a, such intelligent character. They don't, they make her kind of stupid in a way. It she's, is one of those things. She's so the damsel in this movie. That's her role. Yeah, and that's she's I don't girl. I don't like that with Jane, with um with Natalie Portman in general because she's not she doesn't come off to me as like a damsel type character. Right. That's a very good point, Mike. It's she she's definitely like the the damsel in this um that everyone needs to rescue. Which I don't know. We're at this point in the Marvel and movie universe in general where that doesn't have to be the trope. So yeah, no, and like, she's such a powerful actor. Right. I mean, she's somebody you can do so much more with and just make her the damsel in distress. <laughs> Right. Like they try to subvert it by making her this hyper intelligent character, but then they just throw on that role anyway. Yeah, it just feels a little unnecessary for her. But I understand it. It's this is still early when they're still trying to figure out what they're doing with the MC. I mean, yes, they've already done like you know eight movies MC, but they're still figuring out what they're doing. They haven't really gotten the the formula completely down pat yet. That's coming. Well. I'll take it. It's just and oh, and then they go to Asgard. Like I'm, I'm okay. They just teleport to Asgard. Like you know what? I had no question, no problem. It made sense. They just the road came and they went. Like I was okay with that. I, I didn't wonder why he would. She was just you know putting her hand out for quarters and just appeared there. Like I was okay. <laughs> so you're so just to kind of back up to Earth a little bit because what happens is we see Thor, you know, go to Earth obviously, and Darcy calls the cops, which I guess would make sense because you know. Your friend's been gone for five hours. Probably want to call the cops. Why would the cops help? Again, Darcy yeah. just being annoying. And then they have a scene. I think this is the scene where it's raining, but only raining around them. Yeah. 
Because the, the cops tries, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, the cop tries to arrest her, and they, they get hit with this like red blast, and knocks them all back, and then it starts raining. I might have yeah. that backwards, but no, no, you're you're it, it is backwards because they were they're standing there and they realize wait the rain is raining all around, the rain is falling all around them. Very cool. This is a very cool notion of what is now inside of her. It's a visual representation. Something's up with her. Something's inside her. It's now gravitationally activated. Whatever. Um, there's a couple of good examples of that. And of course, when the when the cop touches her arm to arrest her, she explodes them all, and uh, away they go. Oh yeah, that does play such a big part throughout the story. Uh, throughout the oh, movie yeah. too. Yeah. Except but it doesn't do it when Thor touches her. Exactly. Yeah. Like maybe True. it's like it has to be a hostile force or something. He only That's has a good love point. I do right. It doesn't do that with Thor. So it's the power know. of love. <laughs> that song better not be in my head for the rest of the day. <laughs> just so you know. That better not. I don't wanna I don't wanna know what that is. And yeah, just go watch Back to the Future. It'll be good for you. That will be good for me. So what is so so the whole reason and after that, that's when Thor realized she has something is in her. I don't think he realizes what it is yet, because they he wasn't aware of the ether. I want, if I remember incorrectly, and then they bring, then they finally go bring her to Asgard, and this is where you have like the whole. This is kind of where they really kind of focus on the idea that Asgard isn't magic; it's just a scientific that we don't understand. Like you have like the doctors looking at her, and she makes a comment saying, "Is that a quantum something?" She's like, "No, it's a soul, some soul forge." She's soul like, forge. "Does it do this?" Well, yeah, it's a quantum. Like I, I liked that. I liked her being, you know, kind of cool like that. Yeah, yeah, it's like that line in the first movie where Thor says, we have magic, you call it science, and from from somewhere that's like, it's the same thing, more or less. But it, it, it's good. It's it's good to see Jane Foster not being a mopey character and actually being in, showing intelligence and not just, oh, God, Thor left me. But I guess now Thor's back, she can be intelligent again. Well, yeah, her, her, her boy's back. So, you know. There it is. I mean, yeah, no, it's fine. And, you know, they're doing the they're going through it. They're explaining. You know, now we're explaining to everyone, including the audience, about how this kind of works. Um, I think they go to where they go to the bookshelf and Odin yeah. explain. Yeah, <laughs> the story. Odin book. Ex- the, the, which I really liked. It was, it cool. was cool. Yeah, yeah. I was super into they, it. Every I got every time I see those elves masks, they just something about a pure <laughs> white mask with black eyes just creeps me the fuck out. I, I know what I'm being Halloween. There you go. It Boom. just freaks me out. You can, but nobody will know what you're talking about. And they'll be like, what, the, what the fuck is that guy costuming from? What movie is that? They won't know. Eh, creepy. No, and then, no, this is good. Again, this is the knowledge dump. Okay, now we know what the Aether is and what the what it's supposed to do. I, it changes dark matter. And... I'm okay with the way they do it. It, it, yeah. it was really cool that the way they, they expose it and tell you tell the audience, but also tell the characters. Like it, I was completely on board with it. It made sense. Indeed. Oh, and the other neat little thing on this is they think the dark elves are gone. Yeah, they, they think don't... they're all dead. All gone. But Not apparently, a problem. You can fit a lot years. of dark elves in one ship, I found out throughout this movie. Because <laughs> only one ship survived the Annihilation, but there's a lot of fuckers in that one ship. What? It's a big-ass ship. Yeah, there's a lot of people. They kill <laughs> a lot of dark elves in this movie, and there's a lot more coming. So, but I guess. Maybe it's like a colony ship. Like the idea you see in science fiction where you have giant ships that would have like, you know, hundreds of thousands of people living on this ship because it's like a city. My, my wife commented it. She said it looks like the Mass Effect ships. Oh, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll do it. That's, that's a good that's a good way to put it. I, ca- I, I kept calling it the sword ship because it looks like a giant sword. Kind of does. Hey, listen, that's better than what did I call a thing in Avengers, the, the space slug. So, hey, yes. listen, it's better than space slug. 
So let's uh, just get that out there. I'm okay with that. But I, I liked I liked it when you see that all the like, earlier when you had the battle scene and they're and they're arresting all these hoodlums and you have them all all these warriors being brought into in the into the prison inside Asgard and they're locking everybody up. Like I I like that because you know things are coming. Like you have Loki in a jail cell. You know where where this is going because earlier you'd already had the scene where the guy had shoved the little ether stone into the other guys and put a helmet on him and disguised him to look like the other the other, you know, barbarian type people. So I that all was really cool, I thought. And I, I just I love everything with Loki in this. It's, Loki just Tom Hiddleston such a great actor. Like in the part where you have him in his cell and he's talking to his mother and you know it's all an illusion. Like all that was really cool to see. Well, well, the first thing though is how did that guy get on the ship? Like how? I understand um, that. He, oh, the elf. The way I, the way it kind of seems, and the way I, the way at least the way maybe my brain just did, created this was that. They dropped him off somewhere where the battle was, and he just got arrested with the rest of them. Yeah, that would have been good to see, because when he saunters onto the ship into the prison, like, my thought was, A, you don't see him in chains. I don't remember you do, at least initially. And he's just walking down the aisle with Team Thor. Like, they never show you or show, yeah, they never show how he actually gets into the custody of the of Team Thor. So... I watched it. I'm like, how is he there? Like, what? How? Why? It was baffling to me and very annoying. I'm like, you're oh, you're making me like this movie less and less the more we talk about it. <laughs> I don't mean to ruin your joy. Okay. You're allowed you to ruin it. I, I don't. I'm not trying to ruin anything. I that didn't make sense. I was trying to connect the dots. I hope maybe there are dots I missed. I don't, I don't think, think there so. are. No, it just, he just shows up on the ship, and then I then they put him in the jail cell. He's like, oh, he's now a prisoner, but. How did he get there? And this is actually probably one of the big problems with this movie as well. And when we get to the end, that whole cluster, <laughs> it's so rushed. Like there are giant chunks of the thing just cut out of this movie. Like there had to have been a scene where he actually got captured. They drop into a battle, like you said, with the nine realms. They're kind of polishing all that up. And he gets taken somehow on purpose yeah i, I wouldn't be never see if, that though and that's that's did, not good if it was written somewhere and they're like we don't got time for that because maybe i don't mike did i miss something or i don't know what did you think uh speaking of missing dots like i i apparently checked out of this scene because i don't remember most <laughs> yeah. of this scene like as you guys described I'm like yeah i kind of remember that and then i remember the guy activating the uh the curse stone and then loki tells him take the stairs on the left and that's pretty much it for this scene so i have nothing to add <laughs> <laughs> Super professional operation I'm running here. No, that's fine. Um, thank you for your commitment to the craft. I appreciate it. No, I mean that's just kind <laughs> of that's kind of this movie. It's one of those movies where if yes. I wouldn't have taken notes like I, you know, like we did for the Iron Man or Hulk, I'd have been like, we I would have glazed like it over a lot. Yes, you're right. This I, movie is not really rememberable. Yeah, it's just ultimately forgettable. Yes, it, it is extraordinarily forgettable. It's yeah, it's you're exactly right. If I wasn't intentionally watching this, looking for things. I probably would have just stared at it slack jawed and you know, chomp chomp popcorn or something. I don't know. Yeah. It's like when you're driving, you kind of space out and be like, okay, I, how did I get here? Like you're just going through the motions. Like, yeah, I mean, it, it, I do really love like the berserk elf when you have the guy in the prison and he grabs and he grabs into his wound, pulls out the stone, crushes the stone. I enjoy all this, yeah. the prison break and you have the guards rushing in. You have Loki just watching. And at one point, the elf, after he breaks out all their prisoners, he walks over to where Loki looks at him and just keeps going. Like, I, it's very I funny. like that he doesn't yep. let him out. I like that a lot, too. I like that. It, I like the movie didn't take the obvious turn. 
because that would have been the obvious, oh, here he is to break out Loki, looks at him and just turns and probably says to himself, you're not going to help me much. And then Loki, of course, being Loki, goes, goes, take the stairs to the left, which is which is very good. And he looks back and then turns back. Uh, that whole scene's great. I really do like it. I think it shows that the Asgardian army is it shows vulnerability because up to this point, we've seen nothing but victories and successes and champions and warriors and Odin. You know, we will fight to the last Asgardian blood drop. And oh, yeah, he gets he's kind of psycho in this movie a little bit, yeah, a little he, like just a fool because this one elf ship is really fucking up an entire, what should be an entire planet, but it's really fucking them up. Yeah, and he's, and it's, Thor is now trying to be reasonable, and actually, well, Thor is saying, take the fight to them, let's let's protect our realm, and, and Odin is almost stuck into this probably antiquated notion that his army is invincible, when yeah. clearly they're not. Like, a bunch of rabble that they scrounged up from the depths of the Nine Realms just soundly trounced them and got out of the jail. I mean, again, there was like three guards and 15 dudes, but still. But you have everybody rushing. You get to see like I, I do like the part where the stealth ship shows up and Heimdall's like, wait a second. And the whole uh, he's where he's shocked that he didn't see it coming like he couldn't see this. And he jumps on the ship like that was cool where he stabbed. Nah, cool. Yes, it's very, very cool. I just thought it was great. <laughs> yep, I I'm say. a fan. And I, I enjoy the ship battles. I enjoy when you see what it at the little like little fighters come out and they're shooting at it with other like with their other flying ships. Like all that to me was just it would have probably looked a lot better on the big screen, but it was just cool to see. Like I it had my attention. It's just actiony to be actiony. Yeah. Well, but it was fun. It was it was cool. Like the the dog fighting. You're talking about the dog fighting. Oh with yeah. The, the ships. Yeah, that's cool. I'm really into that. I like dog fighting. So it's it's it was fun and it's exciting. Again, you're showing that Asgard is not invincible. Although I will say one of the one of the silliest bits of this that was not intended to be silly, but was extremely funny to me, was Erdis Elba, you know, puts the sword in and activates the giant shield, the shield of Asgard. And it goes, and you even see a couple of planes bouncing off the exploding. And you're like, oh, sweet, a shield. Then all of a sudden, the the cursed walks up to the, the giant spinny glowy thing and just smashes it. Yeah, that it also helped. <laughs> like, it was funny. It, was it also really helps kind of Lee, like why he was in there. Like I was like, why the hell did you put this guy in? There? Like, what was your plan? And then it kind of shows you that was the plan was to bring him in so he could take down the shield, I guess. But no, I don't know. I just got it as movie, movie doing movie ass things. Okay, because uh, now that I'm saying it, I'm thinking to myself, they wouldn't have known about the shield because they're no. thousands of years ago. Exactly right. They wouldn't know about the shield. Okay, I'm how would he? Like how would how would, this, <laughs> how would this barely sentient monster know where it is? I'm sure Loki's comment of stairway on the left didn't help i'm sure there's thousands of stairways in that palace like that how did yeah. he get there how do you know to smash it i mean i guess see big glowy thing you smash it's like a game of course you see big yeah. glowy thing you either grab it or you break it that's that's how games work and i guess that's how movies work because that's that's what happens so that was pretty stupid i was just a bummer i would like to see more with that more with that like oh you have the shield okay that's how does this play into the the battle at hand nope bring it down two seconds after you brought it up. Yeah, I think it's just meant to like reinforce Mike's point of showing that Asgard isn't quite as invincible as they thought. Just they put up this huge shield and they just knock it down so effortlessly. It's like, okay, maybe maybe they're in trouble here. Yeah, no, it's definitely showing that uh, that the elves are forced to be reckoned with, that they're they're not to be pushed around. Is this now? Let me see. I'm just I'm just catching myself up in my notes here. So what else do we get? So we yeah, we had the so we have the 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 dog fight. 
Trust me, I'm just trying to get back to where we were because I think we skipped around a bit. Where are we, Mike? You did kind of skip where. Steer the ship. Where you have, I was reading, um, where you have like, because during this whole time, like with the prison break, the shield gets broken. It's all kind of the same thing with the dog fights. And you also have like the one ship that crashes into the main room. And all I could think of was Trojan horse. That's all that came through my mind yeah. where the ship crashes. Everybody's just waiting. The soldiers are waiting. They have their sword. Another thing I, I thought about, the Asgardian use sword, shield, and spears where the dark elves just have guns. And they just shoot the fuckers. And one shot kills you. And I'm thinking to myself, why don't these guardians have some kind of guns? Like they have turrets, and we see we see turrets, but they don't use guns when they're fighting. Otherwise, yeah, their guns felt really sci-fi for some reason. They like, are because they're it's like well, lasers and the grenades. The fucking grenades, like a black hole grenade, you oh, just yeah. throw it and they just suck up and turn the bones. And I'm like, Aah! and I'm sure Bill was like, oh, this is interesting. As <laughs> oh, I sure did. Are you kidding me? Screaming. <laughs> are you kidding me? I did. I, I cackled. It was. I crazy. know you did. I, as soon as I, I saw it. I was like, Period. Bill's going to like this. Oh, they're great. I love that. It was so it. creepy and good. Terrible. Oh, well, I mean, they're not it really not good sounds luck. creepy as fuck, too. Yes, it does. It's very good. And it was cool. Like, again, the elves creeped me out, but I, I did like that where they all come in. And this is when you have because I mean, the whole reason they're there, too, is to get the ether out of Natal out of Jane Foster. And since Jane Foster is in Asgard, they went to Asgard because they can apparently locate where she's at and all that. But where Frigga takes her, who's Thor's mother, takes her to a different room and tries to, like, fight off Malekith with a blade. Like, that was fun. I enjoy that scene a lot. Yeah, I mean, very fun. it doesn't go so well for her, but it's cool. <laughs> it's really cool. Like, she holds her own. Yeah, I, it's a really good scene, actually. Very lots step. of defiance, you know, and kind of subvert some expectations. It's good. It, it's it's referenced later on, too, that scene with her in, a, in one of the later movies. We'll get to that. Is but it? I, yeah. Oh, okay. In Endgame, I yeah, okay. we'll talk about that in a few months. Um, but and like, like I, I did like in after you have, I think it was Malekith or I can't remember Malekith or the big elf guy. One of them kills Frigga. I don't write it down. But that whole thing, like where you see Thor rush into the room and then he burns Malekith's face. The point of that is in the comics and every other thing of Malekith, he, that character always has one face is white or one side of the face is white, one side is black. A lot like the in the original Star Trek series, you have the those you have an episode kind of like that, and that that's why they do, they burn his face, so you get the the particular the correct way how he's supposed to look. In this gotcha. Movie. Okay, yeah. I did, did not just, know that. Yeah, it wasn't just stupidity or like because it it felt unnecessary to me until I realized, oh yeah, they did it because he's supposed to look that way, mm -hmm. and they wanted to give him his real look. So they're okay. like, well, how can we do that? We'll burn his face. Yet they couldn't give Hawkeye his, his helmet. <laughs> oh, never. Oh, Hawkeye has a helmet? See, I don't even know that. See? Okay, no, I'm just going to Mike. <laughs> never going to happen. Never going to get in anything, damn it. Never going to get my fucking Funko Pop with Hawkeye in classic costume. All right. Enough of that bullshit. But I, I, I did, like, everything where, where Thor comes in, he's all pissed off. He burns them. He throws them out the window, and they, then they end up escaping, like, I, I liked all that. I like it that because, you know, he failed, but he's going to come back. Like we were talking earlier where you had mentioned how when Odin has that whole speech about Asgard's undefeatable, that's when Thor is trying to convince him like, hey, they're going to come back and attack us. We need to do something. And Thor, and Odin just wants to wait and fight, not really think about it. Does this so. happen now? Because this is. Oh, well, that was a little after, bit later. That's after, that's after the funeral. So, yeah, you have I, the funeral. I, you want to mention that? Yeah. I mean, um, well, first of all, I mentioned the, the mom, the death scene where. I think it's a there's a couple of touching shots in there when Odin's holding her. This is a big problem with this movie, and 
the problem with yeah, this is a big problem here is that the emotional temperature is very flat. And even though it tries to go up and down, it still maintains a very same frequency because Thor gives you nothing here. Like there is no emotion. There is a, a, a pained look, if I remember correctly. I don't even remember if he like yells or anything, something stupid. It's just a very flat event. His mom passes. You're expecting this big explosion. And it, it seems like he's trying to hold it in. But why? Why would you want to? Uh, and then, of course, Odin comes in. He had that shot of him holding his wife. Again, that was pretty touching. Just the, the framing of the shot was really nice. But um, that's this is a problem. The movie is just very flat. And that's why I think for all of us, this is like a pretty just movie ass movie where it just kind of gims along this C average and doesn't really excel or do anything horrifically bad. There are some great moments, but this is a definitely and this is definitely a reason for this. Uh, this is kind of a uh, example of a scene that needed some 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 temperature to it, some gravitas. Yeah, he should have been yeah. a little sadder when she got wrecked. killed. And, and he he should have been. You're right. Absolutely I mean, wrecked. Yeah. And the funeral was like cool because it reminds you of like the, the idea of the Viking funerals where like I, I do like that part. But again, even throughout all that, you never really see him get really sad like you should. He just wants to attack. You don't see him. I mean, I don't even think you see him a couple, maybe more than a couple of times. You know, you have that entire, it's very pretty, goes forever. Like, yeah. how many funeral cliches are you going to do? Chinese lanterns, and we got Valhalla, yeah, we're going to set the boat on fire. Ship over the waterfall. Ship over the waterfall, but not really, because it floats. It's it's okay, we, we get it. We haven't <laughs> seen much of her, to be honest with you, in these two movies, but... Yeah, but see... Uh, to that point, it just feels like more of that Thor, this isn't earned. Like, this emotion isn't earned. Right. You didn't do enough to set it up to make us care about these characters. It almost feels like there's too many characters and not everyone gets enough time on screen. So it feels like it hurts all around. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Yeah, and, and the, the two characters who should get the most time don't get nearly enough. And yeah. we'll get to that momentarily. He, yeah, I mean, it's fine. I just didn't feel any, like, heartstring pulls. You're like... Yeah, there isn't a lot of that. No, it doesn't. Again, just emotionally flat. And that's why a lot of this really just comes off as this very forgettable kind of, yeah, like C average, as I put it before. But we, we, we got to talk about when you first see Eric Selvig again, you know, when he's given the speech. Like, I, I remember when I first saw that, I was like, OK, you see him. He's, he has a blackboard. He's writing on a blackboard. He's talking about what's happening in the world. He's giving the audience. And then all of a sudden he picks up a shoe. And I'm like, and then he picks up another shoe. And then you realize. Again, why the hell did he have pencils? I feel like if you're in an insane asylum or something where he's at, you would not have pencils. <laughs> yeah. I was like, no, there'd be no pencils in here. Well, I actually, before we kind of go into that piece, I, I put a little recap because at this point, we are exactly halfway through the movie, like halfway point. I actually paused it and checked. And, <laughs> and so the status we're in now is Thor is a screw up because he led Asgard to destruction because he brought Jane there. If he's just listened to his dad, dad saying, put her back on Earth. None of this would have happened, right? Because they were led there by the Aether and all that red stuff. But then the world would have been destroyed, so Asgard yeah. would have been destroyed, in theory. But there, but at least at least they would have had a fighting chance. But he so he feels like he's, his home world has now been destroyed because he brought Jane there, disobeying Daddy and <laughs> and trying to be a good uh, good boyfriend. Mom's dead, so we're at that point. The ar army's been thoroughly trounced. They are no good at anything. The Jane is dying from Aether poisoning. And Loki is still in prison and no one cares. So he, that's this is where we're at. At the halfway point of our fun fun action movie is all of these disastrous dramas. And, and again, nearly all of them are not earned, like uh, Mike said. So here we are. And then we get this fun little scene. 
featuring a crazy man, a man who is suffering from God knows what. Again, I can't even assume what, you know, again, like he says later on, you try having a God stuck in your head for for a couple months or whatever, which is very funny. I don't like this at all. It actually made me very, I don't say upset, but it gave me a weird feeling. I, I don't like the portrayal of people who are mentally hindered or have mental issues as comic relief. Yeah, it's a little, it's something from that era, it's 2013. Kind of yeah, gross. It, it yeah. wouldn't fly these days. No, I don't think it, it would. Yeah. It's unnecessary. Like, you don't, it doesn't, you know, just having him being a fool, especially when it's a case where the guy was, is kind of suffering PTSD in a sense because of what happened to him. And we're just supposed to laugh. Like, you have the Stan Lee cameo where he's like, oh, I like my shoe back, which is completely unnecessary. So, yeah. It's that, that whole part. You could cut that out. And you don't need it. I mean, the only reason it's even there, because again, in this movie, they really don't think you're paying attention. They're assuming it. audience. I know you guys. Come on. Let's be honest. You're texting. You're eating popcorn. No one's paying attention. We're going to explain the convergence to you six times. And we're going to keep explaining what it is. We're going to keep explaining. Guys, guys, just, you know, there's nine realms, right? And every once in a while, they go on top of each other. Cool. Everyone's good. All right, great. Let's have him explain it and have this person explain it like six times. They explain the convergence. And all he's there to do is very briefly for a split second in the midst of all your chuckles about humorous this man is tell you about his electromagnetic stakes. That's it. And you hear it for two seconds. And then in a half an hour, when you actually see them, you still go, what is that? I don't know what those things are. What are those devices? And the movie thinks you've paid attention. You haven't paid enough attention to the movie where you you understand the convergence after two times, let alone six. But you're supposed to pick up on those stakes like right there. Because old chuckle bones are right there. Old chuckle face is just making everyone a gas. I It really annoyed me. And it really, again, I just get upset when... It upset me. I was like, I don't I don't like treat this with a little more sensitivity or just don't do it. it like he's there's they're sitting in this one flew over to cuckoo's nest insane asylum there. You know, everyone's kind of like got the long beard. It's so stereotypical. It's just ham handed. It's, it is really horrendous. And it was honestly just a little it was a little upsetting. I, I was really completely uncomfortable. By it. Yeah, uh, not completely. Like you could have just had Selvig in a place talking to nobody or something. And, you know, like because and but they just they play it like you said, they played it for comedic effect, which is the problem. I you know, it's funny. I was thinking about it. I was just watching it. I, he was kind of going through the going through the motions and saying, you know, doing his thing and he's talking about it, and his shirts all ragged, explaining it. Him turn around as a bunch of stuffed animals like you know, in chairs. Like I would even like that because that would be something I would do if I was a crazy person. But just have him in this insane asylum. It just again the temperature of it and the, the jokiness was just not just a year. Fun. I would yeah. say definitely. Yeah, you think we, you think that's, we, it was only 2013. I mean, yeah, but we we've changed a lot. I mean, look at 20 <laughs> right now. 2020. Yeah. Like, are we more woke now? I guess mm, I don't know. Maybe. We're more hidden in our houses. At least we were at the time of this recording. So we're starting not really at the time of this recording, but like I would I would say in the last seven years since since 2013 that jokes about mental health mental health is a lot more being recognized and a lot more they're trying to understand it and not just play it off it's like you know people are starting to recognize ptsd more like that's that's in general that's becoming more of a thing and like the last movie we talked about iron man 3 was all about ptsd i mean again they they joked about too just you just build something oh i'm okay now like you know right right it's just that era this movie has another very similar scene here coming up where eric's just like okay i'm not crazy anymore yeah yeah i got my friends I just need a little help from my friend. I mean, that's, you know, they just, they just look, oh, look at that Beatles song. Oh, that's what we'll do. Oh, he's fine now. Yeah. <laughs> it's 
good. But I did really like the next part where you have where you have a kind of jumping back and forth. You have Thor and his fr- and his good bros talking about like what they're going to do and how it's crazy. And at the same time, you have it happening and, it, and it's jumping back and forth. Each time they talk about what they're going to do, and then it shows you it's happening. It goes back, talk about what they're going to do next, and it shows it happening. Like, I really like this part. This part is great. Like, you have, I mean, you have just, you know, they, oh, we got to rescue Loki, you know, and then you see Loki all in his cell and he looks normal, but then he's like, cut the illusion and you find everything's broken. He's sitting in the corner crying because he's not okay what happened to his mother. Like, I thought that was really cool to see that. Yeah. See, and that's that's earned emotion there. You yeah. you feel for Loki. This, this whole part with the breakout, everything is great. Like I I remember when I first saw it in theaters, you had the, the Captain America cameo when Thor and Loki are walking down the hallway, and he's like, <laughs> "Why do you like this?" He transformed to Captain America. He's like, "Oh, a little Titan patriotism and all this." But it, it's I like that's funny, and I'm okay with that being funny. And I and I was so happy to see Captain America again at that time. It didn't really yeah. do it for me this time, but yeah, I still like it. Like it, it fits Loki's character. He's just yeah. being an asshole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I always, I always treat Loki as just petulant and like a, like a, like a child, but a child oh, with yeah. incredible intelligence. I really adore that. I think this whole, <clears throat> excuse me. Like I agree with you, uh, Michael. This is a great sequence. Um, I love when people are planning out the caper, and then the caper is happening. So you're not like you don't have to. You're playing along with the caper. Right. And it's really great. It's um, the scene where where Loki reveals his, his true emotional state is might be my favorite shot of the movie. I think it's shot beautifully. I think that stark white background with the destruction, his foot is bloody. There's flowers on the floor. There's scratches in the wall. Like it's so good. And it's it doesn't feel like he's trying to trick anybody. It feels honest. Like he looks over at Thor and what are you here to do? Mock me? Like, what are you, what are you here for? Like, what more can you take from me? And I never get the sense because with Loki, you always wonder, is he trying to be a trickster or not? Not in this case. I, I totally didn't get that from this scenario. It's beautiful. And like, like Mike said, it's earned. It is you. There is actually that one scene where I think it's a guard tells Loki's before, before the uh, Eric situation and the Eric scene where a guard comes up and explains that his mom passed. And, and as the guard leaves, he turns and you just get this little force, like boom, and he knocks some stuff over with like an anger force thing. So good. And so this is a beautiful shot. And this, yeah, this is probably my, one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Um, definitely visually. It's my favorite. Yeah. It's just, this is where like, this is one of the best parts of the entire movies, this whole, like and they're breaking out Jane, they're escaping on the ship, like everything going on right around here where you have like the good bros helping him out and they're each trying to fight the Asgardians. They each are playing a part of like this big master plan to get out of Asgard. And the whole reason they even need Loki makes sense because they need Loki because he knows an exit out of Asgard because everything else is sealed. Like I, it's really cool. It's a really well, it's Great. probably one of the best parts of the movie because you have dog fights again. You have them trying to drive uh, one of the, the dark, the dark elf ship that's been crashed. That was crashed inside the castle that for some reason, nobody decided to move. I mean, oh, that's really cool. You have them bickering because he doesn't know how to operate the machine. Like it's, it's, it's like, it's a really good part. Like I was, I really liked this, this part of the movie. What did you think on it, Mike? Yeah. I mean, you guys kind of, kind of, kind of nailed it there. Like uh, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> yeah, move on. Okay. No, well, just, like, well, yeah. I'll, I'll just one chime in. One, one, uh, chime in sure. one more thing. I, I do. Um, I agree with you. I think that's all good. Again, I love the fact that his team Thor. They, they all get a role. They all get a part to play. Seth is that Seth, right? Yeah. Seth breaks out Jane and and uh, you know the big dude, big Hagrid looking dude. It's Sith. Who, Sith. Sith is the Sith. lady. Sith. Yeah, not yeah. Seth. 
Oh, Sith. Okay, sorry. Sith breaks <laughs> out Jane. And you have Hagrid, dude, who's fighting off all the all, the, all of his. And they're also very careful not to kill anybody. They're just incapacitating because they are on the same team and army. You got the rapier guy. You know, D'Artagnan's doing his thing on the sh- on the on the on the flying thing. It was great. It's a it's a really fun scene. There's lots of stakes. You know, there there is a stakes here. There is um, escalating tension. There is, you know risk involved to everybody because again you have people that you know um, tangentially like you kind of know them kind of sort of his team so since you know they're not vital to the marvel universe any one of them could bite it and not have any effect so that actually helps with the tension too it's actually good you don't know these guys very very well and of course you get to the best part of the movie one of my favorite parts of the movie as far as just you know a thing that develops is you get to see the relationship between thor and loki it is so good. I yeah, adore they, them together. They feel they feel, great they feel like real brothers. <laughs> they feel like they are they're backbiting and they're 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 needling. They're always needling each other. I needed way more of that in this movie than we got, honestly. But for this little blanket of time, when they go through the portal, end up in the dark world, um, you get to see them kind of be a a a, te- a, a reluctant team. That that neither knows that the other's gonna backstab. Where Thor is because they they even make that joke three times. We're like, if you betray Uh him, I'll kill you. If you betray him, and then he's like, there'll be a line. (laughs) Like it's great. Yeah. Yeah. So the whole sequence is pretty fantastic. Yeah. And it's funny when they're on the ship and they're they're being chased. He's like, we got to do something. He's like, okay. And he throws Loki out of the ship. And I like that. I mean, it's all planned because they have a ship down below. They're gonna get into to to make them destroy the elf ship. Like it was it was funny though. And the whole time during this, Loki's also handcuffed because he doesn't trust him. Rightfully so. Yes. I was uh, just su- surprised that when they when they do take the portal out of Asgard, it leads directly to the Dark Elf realm. That, to me, felt a little odd. Like you, I felt like it should have went somewhere else, but maybe they were heading there, and that's why it took them there. I, I didn't get that part. Hmm. Anyone else? Uh, like, it, it kind of gives off the, the Rainbow Road vibe of, like, when Great. they go through the portal, it kind of looks rainbowy, like, whenever Heimdall yeah. opens the portal. So I wonder if he can control where it goes. Yeah, I to wonder. To some degree. Yeah, it's funny. When I was watching it, I, I had a, the energy of, ooh, I wonder if this is the portal he used to kind of escape after the end of Thor 1 when everyone thought he died or, you know, had some way of getting because obviously he was able to get other places or I mean, I know I just kind of hand wove it like, oh, I know this this highway goes to the to the dark world. I just happen to know that. Why would I be in the dark world? Who knows? That's okay, what it yeah, is. That, it was just one of those things that made me wonder, why? like, why it's, he just goes, why he just goes there. Yeah, it's a question. That's it's a valid question. Because, I mean, if you if you feel like they had an opening just like that in this tunnel, they would just use that instead of bringing that giant ship. So, I don't know. It's one of the things that I was I was questioning during this movie. But it's, it's not important. And I, I do like it when you do have them get to the Dark World and you have Thor and Loki arguing because, you know, it's Thor and Loki. And, like, this this is another one of the parts where I... I the second half of this movie, I really liked this. Every everything from now on, now on, I'm pretty. I was on board and more entertained than I was originally. Where the movie just kind of felt like it was kind of plodding along to get you here, and then it starts mm-hmm. really amping up the movie. Yeah, this is definitely where I started paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> like you have a really quick thing where Selvig gets released from from the asylum, and then the guy's like, "Oh, he's my, I'm his son," and he just takes him away just because they need they need Selvig for the final part of the movie. So you got to find some way to make use of Ian that has no purpose in this movie at all to do a purpose and move the plot forward. Yeah, so this is this is the part I mentioned earlier where they give him Eric's giant bag of pills. And then as they're leaving the asylum, Ian goes to hand it to him and he looks at him and he's like, it's nice knowing that the world's crazier than you are. And then just all of a sudden he's not crazy anymore. Right. Just, yeah. 
All you need to do, all you need to know to break out of your mental problem is to realize that you are validated, that you are okay. <laughs> yeah, that's how that works. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Built. That's yeah. He's built something. Yeah, he's built something. <laughs> God dang it! I, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. You're gonna build something. Yahoo! Hey, at least there's no stupid joke going. I'm gonna leave you like your father did, and just drives <laughs> off. At least Lord. there wasn't that. That's what I mean. Yeah, at least that wasn't there. God. And like this whole part where like Loki betrays Thor in quotations, like where I like it, where he I forget exactly what he does. This, oh, he stabs Thor, throws him down the mountain. He's like, I brought you a gift, Malekith. And that whole part is just I remember seeing that in theaters. I'm like, oh, my God, because I, I I I when I first saw it, I thought for sure it, it was actually betraying him because it would fit the character. Mm. That's what Loki would do, in my opinion. It just gives more credence to the fact that he wanted to come here for that reason. But then. You find out it's not like what you think, and and again, he cuts off his he, he tries to grab the hammer and he cuts off his hand. That's another movie that does it. Another hand cut off the face too. Yes, it happens. That's right. More and there's more than just this one, but this is part of the hand cut off because, as I said before, and I'll say again, every Phase Two movie, someone gets an arm cut off because of Empire Strikes Back. It's 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 kind of stupid, but it's okay. really small. Like, if you don't know it's there, you won't even think about it happens in every movie. But I read yeah. that somewhere now. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. wow, yeah, that's yeah. a re- that's a really a confirmed thing. Like, yeah, it's a real wow. thing. They, I want to the, the rest of the like, Phase Two list, and I'm like, yeah, okay, someone loose in there. That one. I can't remember one in Ant Man though. Um, I can tell you. Well, I know where it is. Okay, cool. Then, yeah, I think it's every movie. That's why I could have swore. Yeah, I even found the article that says it, it is a Star Wars tribute. It's a real thing. It wasn't just an okay. accident. It was something that they purposely did because of Empire Strikes Back. That's wild. But yeah, so. this is an, this is effective. It's about, again, watching it again, I kind of realized, OK, obviously there's gonna be a trick because, you know, Thor doesn't walk around the MCU for the rest of his life with no hands. But I was like, all right, I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for it. Wait for it. And finally, you know, when it comes, it's like, oh, it's very clever. What's nice about this scene too is you you get a chance, and this is when they're when um when uh Loki is squaring off with the, the foot soldiers and Thor is squaring off against the cursed, and Malik is just kind of well, he what? just drained the ether, so he's just like, fuck it, I'm done. I got what I wanted. Right. He gets in the ship. He's like, oh, I already uh, sacrificed all my people before. I'll sacrifice these guys too. Yeah, this is good. The Thor versus uh cursed uh, battle. It's fine. Again, it's just big dudes throwing stuff at each other. Not it's kind of like a, like a heavyweight bout. It's not terribly interesting. The Loki one's fun. Uh, him just again using his daggers, some trickery, some some athleticism. Uh, very fun. Uh, cool to see him doing things that that he, we haven't really seen him do much of in the series. We have like when we were in the Frost World, we saw him do some of that. But it was really, really fun to see that. And then, of course, the big trick at the end, Thor attempts to blow up the Aether. He does not. Oh, that's heard. That, oh, is that is that right after? Oh, that was right after this. Yeah. That was during this, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Because when he's when he takes it out, it shows up that the whole thing was illusion. His hand is really still there, and he does try. Okay, he didn't try to blow up the ether. Well, the the the, the start of all this was um, when Loki fake stabs Thor, and then Malak Malak sees that and he's like, "Oh, well, this is perfect. I can go up there and just get my prize." And um, that's when the big trick. Okay. They attempt to blow up the ether. And then it it's doesn't work. The fight is right after all this, after he takes it. We were just saying, then he leaves. Right. Okay. And that's the guy, that's the thing's name, Berserker? Um, that's what I called him. The Cursed. Okay. I just, I just called him Cursed. Yeah. I was, I was his actually, real name. Berserker okay. is what I okay. saw him as. Okay. I mean, that's fine. Me, yeah. Okay. That's right. Because that's right. Malik already leaves. He's, he's, he's gone. He got his Aether. He's, he's out. He care less about anybody else. What do you think of the actor who plays Malik while, while he's walking away with full of Aether? Christopher Eccleston. 
That's right. Christopher he played, played Doctor Who for one season. Oh, did he? Yeah, I never watched it, but I've seen one episode and I went, oh, yeah. And that was about as far as I ever went. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a I'm not a Doctor Who fan, but um, he, yeah. he's OK. The only only movie I've ever seen him in was he's the villain in Gone in 60 Seconds. That is exactly what oh, I, I was. Yeah. Yes, he is. So I've seen I mean, that movie probably 30 times. Oh, that's a fucking good movie. It was my first <laughs> DVD. It was the first oh, DVD nice. I've ever owned was Gone in 60 Seconds. So good of a movie, too. That's okay. good. But I mean, he's OK. Like, he's a fine actor. Like, I, I think he did this part fine. I mean, he half the movie. He's not he's not even speaking English at all in this movie. He's speaking some other language. So you have subtitles. Like He did a fine job playing Malekith and putting on a costume and waving his hands around and doing CG stuff. Like It was fine. I had no problem with him. Yeah. Decent amount of scene chewing. Always good. Yeah. Well, and he's, he's a fine actor, too. Like, he, yeah. you know, but I, I do really like, like, the fight with Loki when you have when you get to see Loki just take out all these soldiers like nothing like that is such a cool scene where you finally get to see Loki fight in this movie because most of the movie he's, you know, chained up and stuff. And then and I think I want to say he's the one that saves Thor's life, too, and then ends up dying in quotation to the to the, the cursed guy. Yeah. Right. Or he throws the grenade. Or no, that's that was before. That's no, but the grenade. He does throw the grenade, and that's what kills the curse. And that's the one that's the creepiest one, where you really hear the <laughs> all the bones yeah. are cracking, and it's taking forever, and he's screaming. I was just like, I did not like it, and I and like I said before, Bill was like, I knew Bill would like it. <laughs> oh, I, I I started tap dancing. That's how much I enjoyed it. I was <laughs> probably like, your favorite part of the movie. I was so there for it. I, listen, this has been this is well worn territory at this point. Yeah, how much I yeah. like when bones twist around and do joke. creepy things in comic book movies. It's gonna go on for a while. I'm sure. But and and this is also where Loki and then like Loki dies. Like I, I when I first saw this, I thought he died when he gets stabbed. Like I Me really too. believed he was Me dead. Too. He looks dead. Yeah. Not you sure you sure plays the part well though. Yeah, and it was good. Like he's Tom Hilson's such a great actor too. He outshines everybody. He is. He is. Yeah, he every every time he's on screen, like I've said this before about other actors in this in this whole series we've done, every time he's on screen, he's the best actor there. I I would say argue um, Anthony Hopkins. He I think he yeah, probably acts Anthony Hopkins uh, as Odin. Yeah, he's an extraordinary actor, and this scene is actually very good. Again, this is more earned, right? This is an earned thing where Thor is he he is starting to really lament, you know, and kind of that hold on, hold on, the, you know, the, the usual thing. It's effective. You know, death scenes are effective because there's only so many ways to do them. Sorry, death scenes sometimes are ineffective because there's only so many ways you can do them, right? Only so, only so many ways you can blubber, only so, only so many ways you can, no, hold on. Um, so it really hinges on the connection between the characters and the actors and the actors doing the good work. Because you really can't write much a death scene. And they both do um, exceptional jobs. You can really tell, it, you, Hiddleston really sells this longing to reconnect with Thor and too little too late. You know, Thor tells him, you know, I will tell, I will tell father what you did here today. Loki responds. I didn't do it for him. Ah, really good. Really good yeah. stuff. Yeah. All it's great. Is. It's a great scene. And, and this is like, this is a weird part that I had completely forgotten about when I, when, when we went back to watch this movie where they walk into a tunnel and in this tunnel, and as Mike had brought up earlier, he she finds the keys and then her phone starts ringing. And it's the loser boy, the guy she dated at the dinner where she didn't even talk to him. He's calling her to see how she's doing. That part was funny. She's like, don't hang up. Don't hang up. He's like, OK. <laughs> OK. Standing at a copier. I, yeah. I, I dug that. Yeah, it's it's, it's fine. A little, a little devicey, a little kind of scripty. Yeah. I was like, oh, laugh. Yeah, but I, it got the, it got what I needed. 
It was a little bit of levity that was earned. I was like, yeah, yeah, earned. Sure, why not? I, I enjoyed it. I didn't I didn't bother me too much, but it is one of those things you just have to write in to get us moving and yeah. get us back to Earth. You gotta get back to Earth somehow, so why not? Yeah. And it pay and it pays off the, the whole scene because you see all the stuff they were throwing, the bricks, the shoes. It's it, sh- it shows it kind of pays off the portal. Uh, certain things don't just return back. Why? Who knows? Gravity, science, fine. <laughs> Comic booky. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, it was yeah, like you said, Mike, we have to get back to Earth somehow. And uh we do. And I, I like it as just a portal. I mean, again, after just playing portal kind of makes me laugh. But it's like, you know, it, this is when they really get crazy on the portals coming up here in a little bit. But, OK, did you guys laugh at the part when they go in Jane's apartment and he just puts the hammer on the coat rack and just <laughs> sure did. Absolutely. Sure did. I laughed Very too. funny. Him that. in it's just large Nordic man in small house is really funny. And uh, get him kind of sort of out of water. Yeah, you exactly. Know, it's very, very good. It's when he's at his best, I think. Um, yeah, that's. What made the first one good is just all the stuff of fish out of water stuff. So it's nice to see some of that in this one. Yeah, they don't do it a lot in this movie, but they. This is one of the few times where I felt like they did do it, and it worked though. Yep. Oh, yeah, because yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Thor doesn't spend a whole lot of time on Earth to, to begin with. No. We have where he picks up Jane, and then this scene, and then like basically the rest of the movie. But yeah, he doesn't have a whole lot of opportunity to to show this kind of stuff. Yeah, and he he exactly what I was gonna say. He he. Uh, this is a very much so a Asgard movie. This is not an Earth movie. This is yeah. It's saving Asgard, saving the universe through Asgard, and Earth is basically just where Jane lives. Yeah, it was a little like I, I'm okay that they stayed away from from Earth for most of this movie. It doesn't really bother me. I'm I'm completely okay with it because it, it's fun seeing other, you know, seeing Asgard and seeing the other worlds. I mean, I could have kind of done without seeing the freaking blank Malekith world all the time because they really love that. But other than that. Yeah, the Dark World's kind of just boring, but I, I, I agree. I think Asgard is much more interesting than, you know, small town Kansas. No offense to anybody who lives in small town Kansas, but <laughs> hey, if I had a choice between a magical city full of Norse gods and small town Kansas, you know, sorry, I don't like basketball that much. So off to Asgard I go. I, right, I don't I know. I thought in Kansas they just played football for the Smallville. God, what the fuck? Crows. Oh, the Smallville Crows, crows yeah. Okay. I see now. There you now go, these are references. Yeah, <laughs> it's just Mike bringing in Smallville again. I have not finished it. I'm on season eight, episode one, and we stopped, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> oh, did you give up? Did you give yeah, up? We're watching One Tree Hill now instead. Wow. Okay. But <laughs> by the time I'll be done. But I I enjoyed the the Jane's apartment where they're all kind of like figuring out, and then also what Mike had said earlier, where you have another part where he's like, "I better get some pants." And it's like, you know, all of a sudden, you know, everything's not okay. He's like, oh, and, you know, he's not wearing pants because he thinks better. They, they have a little line about that. And he, and then all of a sudden you have something to do. He puts on pants. It'll be okay. Like that was a little, again, it's kind of like you don't just shake off what happened. Yeah. I, the one thing I will just kind of, we'll just jump back real quick to, to Asgard when um, we realize that Loki's actually alive because <clears throat> we're in oh, the yeah. dark world. My wife had to point this out to me because I was writing notes. I missed it. And she's like, oh, Loki's back alive. I go, what? There's a very small scene. Yes. When Thor doesn't go to there. Thor doesn't go to Asgard till after all the next scene. But there is a small scene where Loki ends up. A guard goes there. He, he all of a sudden you see the little green light and the guard walks away, goes to Odin and tells Odin uh, Loki died or we found a body. He's like, Loki. Right. He said and he says uh, he says we found a body, uh, which is the implication. It was Loki. Um, then you see the shot of him doing the evil Loki grin, which it's not Loki. It's another actor that he's masquerading as. Um, so good. Also, wife pointed out this as well. 
It's the same when he's walking with Thor, you know, pretending to be Captain America and then changing into this and changing to that. Yeah. That's the guard. That's his guard costume. It's the same oh, costume he uses nice. when he's walking along that corridor with Thor, needling him. Um, that's the costume he uses to trick Odin um, into thinking he is uh, Loki's dead. It is awesome. And I didn't even I just I didn't get very brief. Either, so. Again, I was probably writing a note and James like, oh, Loki's dead or Loki's alive. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so there it is. OK, and then this is after all this is when they go to Greenwich, which is like the last chapter of the movie i think is a good way to put it where you have it's time for big action scene now because we need to have a big action scene before you leave the theaters we leave all excited and, and forget about all the nonsense you've been watching for the last <laughs> hour and a half so like i i enjoy when malicus shows up the ship the, the ship shows up again because and they even give like a little thing where how in Greenwich is like this connector where all the realms are being con- are being connected for this one point and they mentioned like stonehenge and a couple other a couple other real things that i didn't know what they were he draws a map earlier. I, I can't remember even what they were, but I, I never heard of them. But I'm also not from England, so. Yeah, they were just kind of like points on the, just like convergence points to for the audience to know that the final battle is going to be in Greenwich. Okay. So, I don't know. I don't really See, know what they were. I, I like when Thor and Malchus do start fighting, though. Like, I, I enjoy, this This scene is fun. Like, you have them trying to fight, and Malchus is kind of holding his own with the ether and fucking up Thor. And then you have Jane and the other people who had set up those stupid like pipe things that he'd been carrying throughout this and that he had earlier in the movie. They set him up. And then because of the little device she has, she's able to make portals and zap elves here and zap elves there to kind of help fight or something. It's kind of weird. It's nonsensical. That's what it is. It makes yeah, no damn sense. Hey, you have to have the portal. So that way, when, when Darcy and Ian are kissing earlier after he saves her life, when he takes the <laughs> car, they can teleport in front of Jane. She's like, what are you doing, Darcy? Like she cares that she's making out with some other guy. They just need to give Jane something to do. She doesn't have the Aether anymore, so they had to give her this so she can still be in the movie. <sighs> yeah, she's literally done nothing all movie except be a carrier for a uh, universe-destroying uh, creature or thing or element. element. And yeah, now she, now they give her a, you know, a Game Boy and – oh, sorry. Yeah, give her an iPad. Let's just give her a little more updated. They gave her an iPad with some touch games, and she just started throwing portals places. I, I, I just wrote in my notes. I just wrote portals. That's all I wrote. Yeah. Mike, what I'm going to let you, Mike, go first on this scene, this climactic scene of jumping and smashing and breaking. Yeah, it's a lot of fun visuals. It's cool to see things warping around and like somehow it's still easy to follow, even though everything's still jumping around and people are going between the realms. They bring the giant beast thing. What's he call him? He called uh, the ice monster from Nebel Hebel Heaven. Yeah, is it is it the. I just call him Dog, Ice Dog. Nice Dog. In, a, in Avengers, when he's talking to Coulson, was it B- Bilt Snipe? It's I, like you, you oh know, gosh, Bil- I don't know. You know, Bilt Snipe's here, big ferocious beast. I don't know, something like that. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's just kind of cool to see, and even when the portals are open, you can like you can see Hell and you can see Vanheim, and it's just kind of nice to see all the the nine realms, even if we're not spending any time in any of them. I don't know. It's cool. I, I personally, I, I think it is it is overwhelming. It is done way too mu- way too much, way too fast. I feel like it's almost the movies trying to rush towards the end. Like a director was looking at the time like, oh, dang, 20 minutes. <laughs> Christ, we got 40. We filmed 40 minutes of this fight. How do we get this down to 20? I said the editor. I wasn't a big fan of it. I did think it was it was fun. It, it made for a lot of fun little jokes and fun little moments. 
So, for example, the ice monster coming back, that's a fun movie, me eating the the one guy. That's that's a cute moment. Uh, the cute moment where, where um, Thor and uh, Malak are, like, smashed against the side of the window and they're sliding down. <laughs> I laugh at fun. that. Yeah, they're fun. There's lots of fun little things that arise from this, but I think the execution the execution is just way too frenetic, way too, well, hey, let's just throw a bunch of stuff in your face so you don't wonder what's happening. So here, here's distraction, distraction scene. And I, I was just kept thinking, well, wait, why is this happening? Like, I'm trying to think it through because right now it's just like like magic and silliness and like you've literally gone off the rails as far as this this fight scene goes. So I just wasn't as big of a fan of it. And I remember thinking the exact same thing when I saw it I guess, eight years ago or seven years ago, whatever it is now. Yeah, just it just didn't catch me as as exciting as I think the movie wanted me to think it. Um, I just wish they just slowed the pace down. You know, just and explain what those dumb stakes do. I don't know. The stakes <laughs> make portals happen. There is a comment that says they're there to detect anomalies, but they don't really go into anything more than that. Yeah, that's a comment. And you guys are flying through because, oh, here's the map. Here's a convergence. Let's go. Put my pants on. Get into the truck. Ian, go. It's like criminy. I do actually did like the, the little scene where Ian saves Darcy from the from the from the car because he gives him something to do. Um, but then I realized he's saving Darcy. Wow. <laughs> well, hey, look yes. at the bright side. You will never see Darcy again, except apparently she's in WandaVision. All right. Oh, jeez. So, all right. I don't well, know why. I couldn't. I was looking at, I was looking her up, and I'm like, what the hell is she doing in WandaVision? But apparently she's supposed to be in that. So, well, Ian, if you get this chance again to uh, save Darcy from a falling car, don't. And if you could, like, push Hawkeye under there, too, <laughs> just get them oh. both out of the way in one shot, that'd be awesome. Come on, bro. What are you saying, bro? I'm <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. Only one person gets that joke right now. So, yep. <laughs> uh, but and oh, there is a Mew Mew joke in this movie. There is one when the hammer goes by. She's like, Mew Mew. What was that? Uh, stupidity. Um, comic no, what was Mew Mew? No, no. What is Mew Mew? Oh, it's what oh, she the hammer. Mjolnir in the first movie. He's like, I need to go get Mjolnir. And she's like, Mew Mew? What's Mew Mew? Oh, so see, it's, I blank. it's just a callback. <laughs> I, I blank that horrendous reference from my memory. <laughs> Well, speaking because of horrendous think... things. So, Mike, what did you think of the part where after he get, Thor gets teleported at one point, he gets on a fucking train and <laughs> rides a train back to the fight? How do I get to Greenwich? I take this train for three stops. It's stupid, but <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry, Mike. I almost stole your thunder. Go ahead, man. No, you're good. Uh, I just like uh, Mjolnir kind of just flying around trying to catch up with wherever Thor is as he's teleporting around. Or it flies into space and then he's back on Earth, so it U-turns to get back to him. Yeah, that moment when that when the hammer flies into space, that's when I think I I don't think I audibly said it, but I should have. What is going on here? <laughs> like, what is happening? We're in space now. And I, I it's funny that uh, Mike, you thought it was easy to follow. I I gave up following. I just stopped I think, trying. And I, think I just maybe let I'm the just being I'm being overly generous because this is the one part of the movie that I find entertaining. Yeah, it's entertaining. Oh, see, that's the thing. All right. So it's definitely entertaining from just like a and I'm, I don't hope I don't sound dismissive when I say stuff on the screen, just or stuff on the yeah, stuff mm. on the screen. Just throw it up there. Lots of stuff. Distraction. Never mind the fact that we didn't explain what these things are, um, because sometimes that can be fun. You know, sometimes that's entertaining. And I, I get that. Me, I was just hoping for more context. You know, just didn't have that context. And also um, with that scene in the subway, I really like that. It is so stupid, but it's so cute. I, I, I you know, the, the subway bumps and she makes the, the lady next to Thor makes the uh, makes it as an excuse <laughs> to touch his chest. You know, I was like, oh, that's cute. 
Uh, I, I guess laugh. him <laughs> on the train is more uh, more of that fish out of water stuff because it's like, ha, yeah, exactly. he's, he's on a train. Yes, exactly. Isn't that funny? He doesn't take the subway. He should fly, but he does. And he takes it three stops. And you know what? Not for nothing. Didn't pay the didn't pay the fare. Didn't pay to get on that train. <laughs> Just showed up and got on the train. Come on, man. Get yourself a pass. But uh, I don't know. I thought it was a lot of good stuff there. I also really enjoyed the... Um, not to go through it shot by shot, I'll stop now. But the the final thing I really liked was in their their library, I think it was, or a college. Yeah, it was like a library. <laughs> yeah. And all the college. kids, and all the kids were staying there. And, and Jane Jane is like, "Get away from there! What's dangerous? Something's gonna happen." And he goes, "My guy turns to her, goes, yeah, but Thor's out there, and he's doing the hammer thing." And then two <laughs> scenes later, all the glass smashes and <laughs> covers them. It's great. Like, yay! You guys all have lacerations. <laughs> Tee <laughs> that was but very got funny. The picture for Facebook. It's got a picture for Instagram. Well, I get that point. Yes, to be Facebook. And then you have like the realms merging during this fight. And again, Malachi gets his arm cut off. I don't remember how, but something to do with the ether. Something happened with his arm. Uh, cut yeah, it's when Thor like goes into the big ether tornado and he throws the spikes into his arm and Jane right. teleports oh, him away. I forgot about that. That's yeah. I and I just watched this last night and I already completely forgot about that. See, this is when I was paying attention. Hey, see, we <laughs> yeah, back each other up. We, we back. Yeah, that's so basically that's the final thing. They're just standing there. Basically, he's almost completely combined the aether with the uh, you know with the with the convergence. It's just starting to leach into all the different realms. We see that, and then just standing there. Well, we have these stakes. We could could do something with them, but we can't get close. I mean, it it was kind Which of cool. I, when yeah. Throws him at him. So he has to do it. I get it. She, they can't walk into an ether cloud. He can. And um, yeah, stabs him with the sword, stabs him with the stake, arms, arms. And then she, like you said, Mike, teleports him into the dark world. And then. Um, they crush him with a ship. They crush him with the, with the sword ship. <laughs> it just felt kind of odd, but it was, it, I mean, it worked. They had to get rid of the ship somehow. So they just dropped the ship on him and kill him that way. Yeah, I felt, it felt weird. It felt like. It felt very anticlimactic. Like it didn't. It was just zap him into the dark world, which we've seen before, and then I don't know, drop a ship on him. I guess because that dark Thor- world so fucking ugly, though. I mean, I guess it's supposed to be because it's you know the the ruins of a battle where you killed millions of people. We're gonna say so it kind of can make sense. All but it just it was kind of weird to me. Yeah, I just you know it falls, it smooshes him, and then everything's okay, and uh, we end up with a that's it. Basically, that's basically that's the story. And then we have a couple of quick little plot ties to tie up with. You Mike, have, what, did, what did you think of the uh, the ending, Mike? Or that as the, the final dispatching of Malik? Uh, like you guys said, it's just anticlimactic. Like, we just need to end the movie. So just, uh, we'll throw the ship on him and be done with it. Yeah. And Thor sets it up because he says something to the effect of, yes, you're all powerful, but you can be killed. Like he may. I think Malik may said I'm a god. And Thor's like, no, because you can be killed. And I guess killing them is not smashing them with Thor power hammers and with the most powerful weapon on the face of the universe. It's throw them into a dark world and drop a spaceship on them. And I guess that does it. And I guess that does it for the, the Aether, too. Because does the Aether even leave him? Like, supposedly, somehow, because of the scene coming up. But yeah. Yeah. OK. Well, that's okay. I have questions about that, too. But anyway, so he's it gone. It doesn't. They don't explain things. Yeah. R.I.P. Christopher Ellickson. And then you, you have, as I wrote in my notes, breakfast and no Thor. You have sad Jane Foster sitting there eating her cereal and there's no Thor. And there's something about a comp bow. He didn't come back. And I think this is like right out when she's sitting there talking to um, Bill's favorite character, Darcy. I want to say that's when Thor ends up teleporting down and she runs outside to kiss him. That's in the end credit scene. Yeah. 
Oh, you're right. This okay, scene, never mind. This is just Breakfast No Thor. This is Breakfast No Thor. You I even scene. have that in my notes, but apparently I don't know how to read notes. <laughs> yeah, no, this is this is a completely useless scene. I'd be funny if if uh, Mopey Jane was sitting there with Mopey Eric and Darcy, you know, not really emoting or having any empathy at all. And all of a sudden just Bruce Banner walks in. <laughs> so we have Mopey Bruce and Mopey Jane. Just and Bruce puts his hand okay. on her shoulder. So Okay, the last scene, the next scene is the end of the movie where you have Thor telling Odin he's leaving because he committed treason and everything else and he has to go and he's going to go protect Earth. And then that's when you find out that I got you talking to Odin. Odin said, you'll always be my son or like even if a king was proud of you, I couldn't say or something of that. And that's when then as he walks away, then you see that it's actually Loki, not Odin. Because Odin is in a old folks home. You find out later on in the next yeah. in the next movie years from now. Oh, is that is that oh, is that what yeah. it is? Oh, he, he dropped him off in an old folks home. Yeah, it's in Ragnarok. Okay, man, I, it's, it's funny. I saw Mag- Ragnarok a couple of years ago, but I watched it on my phone during lunch breaks for a couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did not see it in its full intended glory. So there's a lot I don't remember, and I'm really looking forward to whenever we get to that again because I remember it's a great movie. It. It's great. Yeah. <sighs> Yes, good. good the best movie. of the Thor movies by far. Yeah, I, I think I agree. And that's then, gonna be uh, it's gonna be an interesting episode. And then you have the first oh, set okay. of credits, and then this is when you also get the where the you first see the collector, which is a reference to a movie coming out in two movies from this, where you have Guardians of the Galaxy, yep. and they take the ether, which is some reason in a little canister, to the collector to hold. Which is the which is the Infinity Stone, right? That's yes, basically right. The, the second or well, the first for him, but yeah, it's the second Infinity Stone we've seen. Yeah, yeah they make we a comment where they don't want two Infinity Stones in the same place. Yeah, okay. we hadn't mentioned it up to this point, but the Aether is actually the Reality Stone, so that explains all the weird gravity and the portals and stuff. It all stems from one of the stones. And in in Guardians of the Galaxy, because I had to look all this up, because I'm like, what is that? Stone? I know that's the Infinity Stone. Is that the stone they're chasing around in Guardians of the Galaxy? No. No, right? Uh, the one in Galaxy is the Power Stone. The that's okay. Yeah, the Power Stone. Okay, right. So he, so the Collector has the first one. He goes five to go. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a neat little scene. I don't know how they got their hands on it. Yeah, like, that's not explained. That's not explained, right? No. Nope. Okay, great, good. So yeah, just um, the lady whose name I'll never remember, and uh, I think Sith it was Hagrid. And Sith, big, Sith and, and big guy. Sith and Hagrid. That's why I kept thinking of Hagrid. I kept uh, thinking of Gimli. Ooh, that's a good yeah. Gimli's good too. Sure. Um, yeah, they go to the collector and they have this little moments. And the collector is extremely creepy. I like his. I like him a lot. I wish he's involved more. I don't remember how much in, how much in Guardians he's really I involved. He's only in a couple a scenes. He's only in a couple, right? Because yeah, like he does the whole Infinity Stone backstory. Which I guess we'll get to in that movie, but yeah, he's not in it a whole lot. Yeah, because that's uh, Benicio del Toro, and mm-hmm. he is just anyway. Yeah, good. it's a he's it's a good decent in, scene in that movie, unlike Last Jedi. Okay, so that's right. He's in also, Last Jedi, basically the same character. Yeah, I fucking hate Last Jedi. But there's a scene in this in in this in this movie that doesn't make any sense, probably to most people. You see a giant cocoon in the background in one of the cases. That's supposed to be Adam Warlock. Adam Warlock cocoon. Who and, is Adam Warlock? I don't know. <laughs> I knew. Yeah, he's um he is a character that's involved heavily with the Infinity Gauntlet. And he's like the one that defeats Thanos, which they never, never touch on that arc yet. They completely skipped it for the Infinity for the Infinity Gauntlet series that we the two movies that we got. But that's who he is in the comics. He's also referenced again in Guardians Galaxy Volume 2 when they say yeah. something about get him. Him is Adam War- also Adam Warlock. So there's references to him. 
but he's never actually has not been in the movies yet. Yeah, because in the stinger for that one, we see the cocoon again, I want to say. The, uh, the right. gold people are in a room with the big cocoon. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. It's been a long time. I, I blocked yeah. out. <laughs> and then after the final credits, that's when you get what I was thinking of earlier. Jane sad, and then Thor comes back. Yeah, yeah this is useless scene. Useless. Yep. What a weird thing to have is the stinger. Like, you would think that would be tacked on the, the movie. movie. Yeah, and then was, put the collector scene at the end as the stinger. Yeah, because the stingers are more of continuing the universe, not it should have, you know, the, the, like, yeah, they should have flipped these two or just put the freaking or just put this part in the movie in the in the, you know, after he tells you know, after he tells Odin, just have the scene like it didn't need to be after the credits. That seemed kind of like a weird editing thing. But I mm-hmm. guess they were really jumping on the fact that after Avengers, everyone stays the end of the movie. So they put a scene in the end of the movie that feels like it should have been part of the movie. I suspect it probably was. I mean, I can't imagine it not being part of the movie because it's eventually the same shot that it leads into. And then, yeah. of course, Thor comes and they have the kiss. And then you have your silly little goofy, you know, ice monster chasing a bunch of birds, which is very cute. And yeah, I- ice dog, which basically what that is. Uh, very cute, fun, fine. I wonder why they did that, though. That's a very interesting question. Why did you not just put that in your movie? Like if you weren't, it's not like you were trying to like cut time because it's still a trim hour 59. Like it's just hits the two hour mark by a minute. I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know why you just didn't do that. The only thing I can think of is that they didn't want to be cheesy and end with a big kiss and they didn't want to have the up and down tonal shift of big triumphant return and kiss. And then the downplay of Odin, you know, Loki is now on the throne. Uh, which, of course, is like the, oh, no, the villainous ending. Which, Maybe they were trying to maintain an evenness. So you have this downtrodden moment of them missing Thor. And then you have this. But again, that goes back to the whole thing of this movie where it's so flat and there's no jumps. I, I think you could have just done that. I think I think the way they ended it with Loki is, is best. Yeah. But you could have put that dumb scene or or how about this? Let's rewrite the movie for him. You do that dumb ending. She's in there eating breakfast. Thor shows up. Big smooch. But uh credits. Then after your like main credits, your mid credit scene, let that be your Loki and Odin scene. Because yeah. you know everyone's sticking around. No one's leaving. And then you do with something stupid with a mice monster chasing birds at the end. Yeah, that, Re- that, it was funny, up. but it was completely unnecessary. But I'm okay when they have completely unnecessary scenes at the very end, like like when you talk about the dog chasing the birds. But I'm okay with those. Like those are throwaway. I do agree with you though. I think the end credit scenes should be pointers or teasers towards the next movies i think that's when they're most effective if they're just a silly little thing they better be really really good silly thing yeah i mean they normally are connection later on a lot of them are connection to other movies and as we had mentioned last episode this um the short that came out on this blu-ray was the one that talks about the mandarin but we said that in the episode it belonged on instead of this one just so people know. And we also right. decided not to watch the other ones that we know we know there are more, but we just didn't. We, There's we two nah. more. And one is is a is a pilot to what becomes the Peggy Carter show. We might just watch Carter at some point on this as an as an episode, so we don't need to talk about it. It's not sweet. Oh, and should we any last things you want to say about the movie before we go to Shelfer Box? It's not very good. Okay, right, Mike, why don't you go first? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's going on the shelf. No. It's going in the box. Like this movie. I've said it multiple times now, it's just ultimately forgettable. It's like they knew they had to make a Thor movie and they knew they had to make a movie to introduce the reality stone. And like, how do you do either of those? So they just threw them together. Like, okay, we'll just do this. We'll put some director that no one knows because he had done what? Four movies before this we'd said or three or whatever. Yeah, three. So it's just like, 
they put all this stuff. It's like they expected people not to care for some reason. They just had to introduce this stuff, so they did it. They just made the movie, and whatever happened with it at that point, they were raking in money, so they didn't. There was no stakes in it. I don't know. I wasn't into it. I liked it more than Iron Man 3, barely. But (laughs) yeah, both movies. I liked the last scene, and that was pretty much it. Okay. I'll I'll go next because I, I I was torn between this movie. Like when, before we watched this, this was easily a shelf. Then we watched it. Well, I was torn, and then we talked about it for two hours. Easy box. <laughs> um, I I enjoyed it. I was a little distracted and kind of paying attention to my phone at different parts. I mean, partly for note taking, partly because I just kind of wasn't. But it, I mean, it's a fine movie. It, it, if you just you know, it's not bad. It didn't it didn't hurt me or anything like other movies that we watched on this show. It it, it, it was fine. It's just. It's just a movie. It's not great. It's not exceptional. It's just a movie's going in the box. How about you, Bill? I am actually going to put this on the shelf. And I kind of wavered on wow. this too last night. That's why I had him go last. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, oh, I'm sorry. Wait, no, on the shelf. The box. There you go. The box. Sorry. Wow, I got off the shelf real fast there. Yeah, sorry. I had to kick. I'm sorry. I got confused. It's going in the box. And the, the main reason for it is if you're going to make a mistake, if you're going to err when it comes to filmmaking, I'd rather you err on the side of bad but interesting instead of boring and safe. And this movie is very boring and safe. Um, it does have its moments. Um, it's got good actors in it. Good actors are going to do good, going to do good work. Fine. Some fun action scenes. But in the end, it's too much of an emotional flatline. Um, as I think I said early in the in the show, it's as about as a C. It's like a C movie. And C movies don't really need to go on my shelf. Not to be um, elitist or anything. I'll put a interesting D movie on the shelf over just a ho-hum, average, shrug your shoulders, action, Marvel, C movie. So, yeah, this is going to go in the in the box. So, uh, so long, Asgardian. See you in Thor Ragnarok. Yes, which is a better, way better movie. Oh, yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait for this. This will be, be spicy. This is good. I'll have to see it on a screen that's not, you know, three inches wide. Maybe maybe my my opinion will change. I, I think it will, especially after you've seen all the movies, you know, coming up to it. But all right, we should introduce what we're going to be talking about next week or ne- next next episode, not next week. Um, next episode is going to be Captain America, the Winter Soldier. One of the freaking best MCU oh, yeah. movies, in my opinion. Yep, I'm super excited about that one. Hopefully my opinion doesn't change. I'll be very, very sad if it changes. Hopefully we can be less pessimistic because we've had we've had a, a downtrodden run here lately. So I'm yeah. looking forward to getting to the good good movies. Yeah, because we did Avengers we weren't exactly excited about, like we were supposed to be, and then we did. <laughs> yeah, it hasn't been the best for us. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing this with a, a sober mind and uh, actually remembering <laughs> what, it was, what was in it. I, I swear to you, I barely remember this movie. But I remember thinking it was good, and there's a central reason why it's good. But I'll save that until next time. Were we yeah, talking about that the recording, or is that before the recording? Oh, uh, before the recording. oh how you, you can bring it up during the episode. It'll yeah, yeah. Fun. Just remind me to bring up my my story of of the first time I saw. It'll be a nice tease for the listeners. Winter Soldier. That's yeah, well, it's not. It, don't, don't tease it too much. It's not that good, but uh, it's, <laughs> it's funny. It's a it's um, an entertaining little little anecdote. It's better right. than Dark World Stinger was. Well, yes, that's, oh, that is true. <laughs> All right. First, I want to thank everyone for taking time off to listen to our, listen to this episode. We also have done plenty of other MCU movies up until here, so definitely check those out. I, we also do weekly episodes of different games. And there's, at this point, well over 80 or 90 by the time you're hearing this, well over 80 to listen to. So definitely check those out. I think well over 80. I don't know. We're at 73 as of this recording. So 
I don't know what I'm publishing exactly, but don't check those out. Awesome new comic episodes, everyone. Check those out. Want to give an awesome shout out to our awesome intro, courtesy of Bulby, aka Mike Stoney from his EP Bite the Bullet, Song of the Cool Kid Squad. So check him out and go watch these movies. You know, may, hopefully by us talking about them, make you want to go watch them on Disney Plus. And and then you can have your memory, you can have your heart break just like mine when I realize some of these are not as good as I remember. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yes. I imagine there's someone who's thinking, like, well, they can't be that bad, as bad as these guys are making it out to me. <laughs> yeah, I I had high thoughts of Thor Dark World last time I saw it before Age of Ultron, then I went and rewatched it, and my thoughts are not high anymore, unfortunately. No. I'm still looking forward to get to Age of Ultron. Yeah, you will We'll see how it holds up. And okay. for the people that hate us bringing up a Hulk reference every episode, here's one without it until the very end. I brought it up earlier. Did you? I missed it. I brought up a Bruce. I had a Bruce Banner reference. And then yeah, and, and Mike, gonna... <laughs> Michael actually really very quickly was like, sure, sure. I'm going to talk now. Be quiet. <laughs> totally yeah. stepped over it, which was probably valid. Yeah, well. so, All listen, right. It can't all we be gold. Will, we will see everybody next time. Oh, right, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, where I post things. All right. We will see you next time. Bye, everybody. I'll just stay here and say see bass alone. See you back. <laughs> see you back.